Ausploitation, the Ausploitation podcast. I'm Callum. I'm November. And I'm Daria. And this month we are talking about... Dying, dying breed. breed. And there's a lot of dying and breeding in this movie. <laughs> oh, dying oh. and inbreeding. <laughs> can you do interdying? I don't know if you can do interdying. You can certainly do interbreeding. You can definitely do interbreeding. But interbreeding. Uh, dying, you know, one dies alone. True. One tends not to breed alone. <laughs> we didn't quite manage that mitosis thing yet. We're working on it. 5.5 on INDB, 50% on Rotten Tomatoes. So, do we have a trailer for this one? Was there a trailer? Ah, uh, yeah, should we call up the trailer uh. right now? Yeah, this one is far more recent than some of our others in that it's from 2008, in which mm. Osploitation is more a genre you look back to rather yeah. than the era happening. Naturally. And I'm actually looking forward to that as a discussion we can have of whether or not you can even technically have an Ausploitation movie in this day and age. Because I'm not too sure you can. You think? Um, you, yeah. Wolf Creek? Again, well, in fact, I don't know. about this there's, film? Well, yeah, well, we'll get into it later, but there's a whole aspect to the Ausploitation. <laughs> hey, look, a trailer. A trailer. The other thing I miss with current trailers is they don't have voiceovers. Oh, um, does this not have a voiceover? Like quite... 17 Testicle Kai going, they were just on their line to... Catch a thing with stuff. Maybe that's why they don't do it anymore. <laughs> God, it's beautiful. Still pinching myself for finally made it here. It was a genuinely pretty film. Good times. Oi! Tasmania! You awake? Tell him about your idea for a bridge. He was not happy about a bridge. The person writing the caption almost seems to be trying to tell us what Tasmania is. We're off! Yay! Let's go, kids! I think I made up that river on the tours. Oh yeah, that whole thing about 250 people disappeared since... Anyway. There's something out there. Seriously wrong with this place. What are you doing here? Are you lost? Who's that? Is your mom not shining that ladder? Things have to stay hidden to survive. We need you for the good of the family. Yeah. Simple Simon met the pine and playing with a knife. Said simple Simon to the pieman, will you take my life? Said simple Simon to the pieman. I'm hungry. As audio goes, not a great trailer. No. Nothing wrong with it visually. I'm going to take two seconds to say, if anybody wants to now watch the film before they listen to the podcast, go ahead, because I'm going to say a spoiler in three, two, one. The trailer had, like, the last three sequences of the film. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Holy shit. I mean, like, literally, it's almost like if the the Empire Strikes Back trailer included a sequence with Darth Vader saying, I am your father. (laughs) Holy shit. Okay, there you go. Well, does what it says on the box. A brief do-over of the plot to refresh our own and uh, the people at home's memory. Tasmania, 1820s. 
Alexander Pierce, a convict known as The Pieman, has escaped into wilderness and he's been hunted by a policeman with dogs. He is faced by an officer who attempts to shoot Pierce, but his gun does not fire. Pierce then bites the officer's neck, taking a large chunk from his throat, killing him, allowing Pierce to escape. In the present day, Nina plans a trip with her boyfriend Matt to Tasmania to find a supposedly extinct Tasmanian tiger. Her endeavour is encouraged by a paw print that was discovered by her older sister in a remote area of the island before her body was mysteriously found in a Pyman River several years before. Matt's friend Jack and his girlfriend Rebecca, it's Jack's girlfriend Rebecca, <laughs> help pay for the trip and accompany the fellow couple. When they arrive, Matt sees a small girl on the boat playing a game of yellow tinted teeth. A small... <laughs> I didn't write this. <laughs> yeah. A small girl with yellow tinted teeth playing, playing a game, game on the boat. She was not playing a game with yellow tinted teeth. No, they, they were probably were bones. bones. They were knuckle bones, weren't they? I think Should they were meant knuckles? to be bones. Yes. yes. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Knuckle bones, they look a bit like vertebrae too, but given oh, that yeah. game yes. is... I thought vertebrae. Yeah, but you know, given that game is usually played with fake knuckle bones. No, yes. knuckles. I took them to be, yeah, knuckles, like real knuckles, but... When Matt asks what she's doing, she recites a rhyme and bites Matt's hand. They spend the <laughs> night in a dingy motel located next to a meat pie factory, meeting the eccentric and creepy locals. The next day, the group go out on a boat in the river along the forest. They decide to camp in a cave out in the woods. Later that evening, Matt and Nina discover one of the Tasmanian tigers creeping through the bush. I love the way that's just dropped in there. It's like, you know, one of the main reasons. And yeah. for what it's worth, oh, they found a tiger. Excellent. Good for them. And then they went home. Nina <clears> rushes to get her camera to take a picture of the tiger, but it has run into the woods. The group go into the dark after the tiger using their mobile phones as light because capturing proof of existence is critical to Nina's research. One might say it's pretty much it's the function the, of the truth. Yeah, it's like, you know, that's, that's a little bit like saying we I needed a cure for cancer, but where, for it to work it needed to cure cancer. Where do we get Matt helps pay for the trip? I we know, can go, yeah. We can go back that. Sorry, Daria. Yeah, yeah. I actually wrote that down because I'm mm. curious about that too. Unbeknownst to the rest of the group, Rebecca is captured by a cannibal. <laughs> they realise that Rebecca is missing and that Nina has blood on her trouser legs. Desperate to find Rebecca, the group search for the forest. The local ferryman tries to help them but is murdered by one of the cannibals. Reaching an old mining site, they find Rebecca's remains strung up on meat hooks and Jack is killed by an animal trap. Two. <sighs> yeah. Actually, well, I guess it's only one that killed him. <laughs> anyway. Yeah, the other one helped. Yeah. <laughs> And let's face it, so did he. Well, yes. In fact, the cannibals are pretty free of direct involvement in Jack's death. Yes. Yeah, yeah, that's because Jack's a dick. <laughs> Big time. Anyway, sorry, yes. This is a really weird... Um, it's a weird... That's a that's slightly a, weird intro. No, no, I'm just looking at the... Because, yeah, that's a, a bizarrely granular on some things and then just totally kind of non-plot on some other stuff. We, I'm like, oh, my God, this is going to take forever. And then we suddenly jump three-quarters of the way through the film. Yeah. Research cut says Wikipedia, not valid source. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, look, they've gotten everything right so far, mostly. I wonder if this person actually watched the director's commentary, if there is one, because mm, we didn't. Matt flees underground and finds grisly evidence of cannibals' past exploits. Nina reaches a railway bridge over a fast-flowing river but is cornered by a pair of cannibals. She deliberately throws herself off the high bridge. The ferry operator's wife then kills one of the cannibals and herself. That night, the police arrive at the hotel, but there's no sign of any of the missing people. As the police depart, a sad and weary Matt prepares to leave, but is suddenly paralysed. He comes to paralysed in a chair, while one of the cannibals explains that their settlement, much like the tiger, must stay hidden to survive. 
Through a door, we see a still-living Nina tied to a table, about to be raped for breeding purposes. While Matt watches, the young girl who's actually Nina's niece approaches him, removes a set of dentures that's exposing a set of sharp, deformed teeth. As the police drive away, Nina's mobile phone, which Matt had given them, displays a photo of the Tasmanian tiger. Yeah. So, you know, Bright Tide the Tiger exists. <clears throat> Yay! And fortunately doesn't play some part in becoming a pet of the thing, which I was a bit concerned at the very start when that whole Alexander Pierce connecting with the tiger was going to be a oh so they're werewolves or were tigers or something i think that was rebecca's mobile phone too it was was rebecca's Rebecca's mobile phone (laughs) okay matt paid for the trip because yeah when the hell did that come up so like he's okay you start watching this film and the first thing you think about matt is is it too early to hate this guy yeah give me jack or matt no, sorry, sorry, Jack. I do mean Jack. I mean Jack, absolutely. Yeah. So who kind of reminds me of an Australian Jack Black. Yeah. And Matt asked Jack to go to help Nina. What does Jack bring to the table other than having a car? Because car rentals exist. So yeah. where does the he help pay for the trip come from? Well, now that's a thing because I can kind of – I hadn't made the leap. But having said that, you can see he's obviously successful. He's got a big truck, a BT-50, that he loves, even though, as November pointed out to me when we were watching, he doesn't drive it a lot for someone who's incredibly preciously protective of his truck. We could catch one of those trams they apparently have in Tasmania. Yeah, that was very true. So there was some filming between Tasmania and Victoria on this one. So how many times, like you've been on Callum road trips a bunch of times. Yes. You always drive, don't you? I always drive. Well, largely my road trips have been on my own. I yes, find but that even if I sit when in the backseat with... and I'm on my own, <laughs> I tend not to go anywhere. But even when they're with other people and someone says, ah, I'm happy car. to take over for a while, you're just like, no, no, I'm yeah. good. I mean, I enjoy it and I'm certainly happy to pass on driving for a period, but I would imagine that being the owner of the vehicle, the lion's share of the driving would be mine because... My car. That's the way it works. Well, particularly if you're obsessed with your car as Jack. If you're that yeah. fucking precious. Oh, if I was taking my DeLorean driving... Oh, God, I, no. Oh, yeah, yeah, no, 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 no. I mean, quite aside from not taking a DeLorean on a road on a road trip, if I was driving a DeLorean, I would be the one driving all the time, mostly. Yeah. No, if it was you and I, I'd drive oh, as yeah, well. That's true. I share it a little bit. But Ooh. no, I would... Yeah, that precious, it would be me. So the idea of just sitting in the back seat because, I don't know, you're hoping to get some, I'm guessing? That yeah, that's kind that of what was going be, on. Yeah. 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 It was meant to be that hole too in the front two in the back i just took that a completely different way <laughs> of course you did <laughs> well no you have to have two in the back so it's <laughs> like the vulcan symbol with your thumb away <laughs> That's what anyway how about that terrible horror movie we just watched okay this is gonna sound really stupid because it's a schlock horror movie it's meant to be a schlock horror it's a genre film there were some historical inaccuracies with the alexander pierce stuff Yes. So, <laughs> by all the most notable is, as far as we can tell, the real one didn't have any children. No, no. Um, yeah, so the theory the is yeah. this convict, Alexander Pierce, escaped, uh, but instead of just fighting for survival, he needed to impregnate people as well. Yeah. And somehow turn them into cannibals. Because well, this... I don't think that's a like, dominant gene. No, I, as I wouldn't imagine. As far so. as I know. <laughs> There's not much. You're, not, you're saying there's not much um, well, diverse breeding towards the concept of cannibalism as a method of surviving of the species. Not so much. One no. thought. One thought I had is that <clears throat> the beginning might have been trying to show us in this filmed version of history, Pierce wasn't recaptured. Mm. That when the 
the troopers gunned in fire and pierce bit him instead of being captured in the history we know he went off to to norm another day yeah oh, i do have to say it didn't uh, in that intro it didn't say bit the copper with teeth filed to points no no and that was okay that's, so that was that's the thing. slightly important so the story all right so so very quickly the story of alexander pierce is largely true so alexander pierce escaped with a group of convicts from a part of of the australian penal colony that was famous for being terrible so if you were a really really bad convict you went to the particular part in tasmania one bloke and, actually stabbed another inmate so he'd be executed rather than spending more time on Sarah Island. Yeah, by all accounts, Sarah <laughs> Island, which is a part of Tasmania, you can go to, and if you ever get a chance, go to Tasmania because it is it is glorious and wonderful and beautiful. So he did escape. And then the cannibalism does play a part of that as well, that the escaping and needing to survive. This movie seemed to suggest that he was kind of like a cannibal from day dot, that yeah. all he was about with the weird teeth and everything. It's like the... The difference between Christine the movie and Christine the book. So in the movie, Christine the car is evil from the moment it's coming off the production line. It eats yes, a man's hand and then kills somebody else on the production line. Whereas in the book, you learn that the reason that Christine became the car that it did was that the owner was fucked up and the owner, basically the owner's essence, becomes imbued into the car and none of this... You know, we made 17,000 production cars today. Oh, one of them we had to switch on evil, but, you know, we kind of caught that at the end. So the idea and, that and, he was a cannibal... You know, Christine, I mean, women are so emotional. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, yeah, that weirded me out. He did come to like cannibalism, even in our real history. Oh, yeah, no. His yeah. last words were that man's flesh tastes good better than pork or beef or something like yeah, that. Yeah, and that's... I mean, we can park the concept of whether or not they got much meat in general back in the day. There is actually a theory which is played out in another film called Ravenous, where once you taste human flesh, there's no going back. You you get a taste for it and the concept of cannibalism after you've kind of jumped that little barrier of... This sounds like the reasoning that, like, we put down Um, animals once they've tasted human flesh. Oh, like ferrets and stuff. They've had the human blood. They'd be evil now. Well, I was thinking sharks or dogs, but ferrets, fine, yeah. Well, you know, it's easy to put down the ferrets. They're small. I'd like to say that I owned a ferret one time and I love them very much. No ferrets were harmed in the making of this podcast. That we know of. I'm pretty sure. I'd hope. These microphones aren't made of ferret, are they? No, apparently the industry term sadly is cat. Oh yes, I have seen that. Yes, for the boom, for the boom fuzzy. Oh, oh did you not know that? No. The, the fairy, the fairy thing on the boom is called a dead cat. Right. Uh, and it's there to kill wind noise. I know what it does. I just mm. didn't. Because there otherwise, was feline the, genocide involved. Otherwise, the wind would go past, going meow. <laughs> oh my god, that was hilarious. How about that local film? Anyway. But okay, yes. so moving on to beer so number two. It could be that if he just simply wasn't recaptured in his history, yeah. that he... His obsession. He, he, he found some friends, as it were. <laughs> well, he escaped with people both times. Oh, sorry, back to you, yes. He yeah. found some <coughs> friends. Yeah, and <coughs> in the real history, uh, Pierce did raid a couple of Indigenous camps. So yes. It could be that... This time around, he managed to find some, for want of a better word, sympathetic to his cause. And <laughs> the cannibalism wasn't so much genetically passed down as it became a held value amongst mm. this 
family. And for what it's worth, they do talk about that. They talk about the code and the... The one way of them at one things point says, are is the way things are. Yeah, it's for the greater good. The greater, the greater good. good. <laughs> um, <laughs> the rules and the code and the... I mean, at one point, the ferryman, before he dies, says... Listen, we don't have to do this. We don't have to live by the rules. You hear me? There's that whole concept too. I think we should just take a very quick side note to say who the ferryman is. You should not pay the ferryman. I was thinking... Berg taught me that. And an excellent lesson that is as well, unless you want to use public transport. Um, Oh, right, of course. (laughs) In fact, did they pay the ferryman come to that? They didn't. I didn't see them pay the ferryman. I think what they did is they insulted them and then he stuck his hand in the daughter's mouth. It turns out to be not the daughter, which... (gasps) Plot twist. Where we know the ferryman from is where ah, I was going with this. As it turns out, I'm wrong. Oh, you're wrong. I'm wrong. Oh, so, I'm so disappointed. I know. So there was a series... No, I'm feeling really dumb, but I'm going to blame it on Callum because no, I'm no, not just like, is no, it really that guy? Was, He's no. like, yeah. I really thought it was. So there was, a, there was a, a Telstra advert back in the day for Telstra Broadband, which I think it was Telstra Broadband or just Broadband in general. Irrelevant, where doesn't a, matter. Where a father is talking to his son in a car on the way to school and the son's like, why did the why Chinese did build, build the, the Great the, Wall? And so the father, who has no idea, says because of the rabbits. To keep the rabbits out, son. It was by um, Emperor Nazi Goring. um, That's right. The rabbits. Yes. Uh, And then it cuts to the kid about to give a really terrible report on China. And the suggestion is if you get the internet, you'll have knowledge. Uh, And I really thought it was him, but it turned out it wasn't. I'm very disappointed. I wonder what Emperor Nazi Goring dude is up to these days. For what what it's worth, I have seen him before. The actor is a guy by the name of Ken Radley. Yeah. And he was a motivational speaker in the games. There was an episode of the oh. games where he gives a video about catching the fire and setting the fire alight, and then you've got to take that fire and you've got to turn it into a blazing fire. Oh, for the love of God. Yeah, it's fantastic. Oh. Well, do you know where else? Well, you wouldn't have seen him, but what else he's done. Mm-hmm. You may have seen him in his pyjamas coming down the stairs. <gasps> Is he a banana? What? Holy crap. No. Really? He's built like a gorilla. He looks it's amazing. Hard to tell inside is... foam. No, no, but I mean inside the the the, no. the clothing that he's wearing. That man is is huge. What? Wow, bananas are hell bigger than I thought they were. <laughs> is he B one or B two? One. Hey, nice. Do you think they swap? I was about to say, yeah. Are they interchangeable? Would anyone notice? Would but people do watch it. Yeah, so. I don't know. It's probably not the you know best discussion to have with three childless people. Probably true. Mm. I have nieces. I'll find out. Alexander Pierce did escape, did turn to cannibalism, was recaptured. And that's the thing, what I, I read very briefly, that apparently this Alexander the Pyman Pierce is an amalgam of three different convicts. One Alexander Pierce did escape, apparently. The Alexander Pierce that we know as the cannibal convict was actually recaptured. And there was another convict again called the Pyman. That was yes. actually a real thing. But none of neither of yeah, well, Alexander, Alexander Pierce Pierce's was were. also called the Pyman. Oh, was it? At least from real history. Ah, cool. All right. But the Pyman River was named after Thomas Kent of Southampton, a pastry cook who was transported to Van Diemen's yeah, Land that's in 1816. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, you've got more than one person. Called oh, the so they're called the Pyman. Okay, right. All right, sweet. Yeah. Okay, that makes sense. Yes. So this is, a, as you say, divergent history. Back but, to the future Okay, style. so why is he called the Pyman? Like, I, he eats people, but surely he's not built an oven and made pastry. You know, you've got to do something with your later Why years. not just call Maybe him he the cannibal? <laughs> he oh, didn't yeah. have later years. He was executed. Oh, you mean in the real world? Oh, sorry, I thought you meant oh, right. the movie. 
No, I. Uh, oh, you mean I the real world? Yes. Called the pie Why man. was Alexander Pierce called the Pie Man? I don't know. The yeah, the other guy was a pastry chef, so that makes sense. Was he born on the fourteenth of March? Ah, funny. We have just had International Pie Day. Oh, right. That was such a disappointing look from Raddy. I, well, I've never never seen such... You're not angry, you're just disappointed. <laughs> okay. So, yeah, so we see a little flashback. And did you notice, was it just me or were the flashbacks in the wrong aspect ratio? Oh, they were I didn't notice that. I, I was watching the opening sequence thinking I'm going to need to adjust the aspect ratio. And then the main movie started and it was fine. And then they did a flashback a little bit later. There's a lot of flashbacks in this the fl- movie. And they're quite random. They are very random. There's flashbacks to within earlier parts of the same film. Oh, yes. Um, I love when people do that. It's like it's a 91-minute film. This isn't War and Peace. No. We've no. not forgotten. I do remember that about two and a half minutes ago you had a stranger's hand on your leg. You don't yes. need to flashback to this is why you are uncomfortable. But it does have Lee Wannell in it and his most famous film series is for the flashbacks. Oh, is it really? Which one's that one? Saw. Ah, ah yes. Lee yes. Wano, who plays Matt in this film, oh, yes. co-created Saw and appeared in a number of the installments. Ah. And Jack's in the first one too, isn't he? Nathan Phillips is in... Is he one of them? No, okay, right. I must be mixing he's up. He's in Wolf Creek. He is in Wolf Creek, and he's also in a, an actually a really good film called The Final Hours. Is it The Final Hours? Oh, that's that dude. Yeah. Ago. I would say if you do get the these chance, I mean, final hours, I think these final hours, yeah, yeah, we talk about crap films all the time, but these final hours is a really good film about an impending is it a nuclear war that's happened north or a big meteorite or something. The world's about to end. Ball of fire. Ball yeah, of fire. Yeah. yeah, something smacked into the world on the other side. Yeah, Australia is basically going to be the last place burnt over. Yes, because and of but it's. That's what it's going to do. And Western yeah. Australia, Perth is where it's all happening. And basically Perth descends into what would happen b- before Mad Max, only they're Ooh. not going to have the after bit. And it's actually a really cool film. And, you know, what would you do in those last few hours? Really good film. Anyway, yes. Not this one, though. Which was okay for what it was. Well, okay. Who did you watch this movie with, Raddy? Did you watch it with uh, by yourself or with Beck? With Beck, yeah. Cool. And she didn't react, did she? Not hugely. I mean, she she wasn't repulsed. This is probably the sort of reacting you're thinking of. Because Callum and I were yelling at the screen. Oh yeah, we were. Yeah, this would this, <laughs> this absolutely scratched the horror movie itch of don't go down that dark oh, path. No, that sort of thing she was reacting. Oh, to. Right. oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. so, we were like, I think it's you're ex- splitting up. Oh my god, what are you doing? You go in the cave. That sounds good. What do you mean trust this guy? What the fuck? On Sarah Island, this was the last stop my sister made. Rebecca says before she died no fucking after when do you think <laughs> oh dear uh, last stop she made then she waited for a while and went somewhere. Yep. yes yes well that's like that joke isn't it you know i always make a point after i find something of looking for it again for another five seven minutes so that someone can't say it's always in the last place you find it last place you look last place you look rather yeah that's what i meant yeah, yeah. and i thought beck uh, the character beck was for it when the other three went into a cave and she's staying there on her own no, she's. Should I open it? Yeah. She's for it because we see her having sex. Basically, that's the death sentence. Yeah. Well, actually, let's talk about that very quickly because I did actually note this down. So, so in a genre horror film like this, which is, I don't know, would you class it as a slasher flick? It's classed it's a, on IMDb as a slasher. Yeah, and it's certainly so. 
some slashing. There is some slashing. Yeah, there is some slashing. We see some. We see a terrible CG slash. Oh my god, that CG axe appearing in the foreground. It looked like it had been spliced Uh, from a different film. Liam the boat guy's face. face. I got to say that was there was some good CG in this, but that was not one of them. So it's a genre film, and it's and the genre is a horror slasher film. Now, in this kind of college kids go into an area, you know, that was established with things like, you know, Nightmare on Elm Street, Nightmare on Elm Street, or uh, or more so, um, what's the one at the lake? Um, Friday the Thirteenth. You've got a sort of a set of genre trope classic people so you've got which they discuss in more detail in cabin in the woods cabin in the woods which again cabin another in the woods is the greatest example amazing film so you... or final girls which is on netflix now oh really i did ah there's final girl and final girls which have nothing to do with each other but came out within a year of each other oh that's oh, annoying wow, really? mm. it's a bit like going looking for films called director's cut or or other things like that it's like sometimes people don't do themselves any favors no you were looking for what were you looking for recently bootleg bootleg oh, yeah oh, what the hell man <laughs> Seriously, <laughs> for this very show, there is a film I thought we could oh, add to God. the lineup called Bootleg, and yeah, well, you try looking up Bootleg film or Bootleg DVD. Oh, or yeah, yeah. If only we knew a production house that might be able to make that <laughs> <coughs> umbrella. <laughs> so yeah, so what you've got in your classic kind of group, and they're not not everyone is represented in every movie, uh, is you have the jock and the super sexy babe. They're usually the two. Heads, and I'd say that in this one, Jack comes close to being the jock because the jock's Pretty often much. not particularly liked and a bit dumb sometimes. You've got the stoner. Don't really have, you a, don't stoner. Really have a stoner. You've got the black character token, whatever, which is pretty much a death sentence. There's a ticking yeah. clock over the top of that person. And this genre is not doing great for non-white representation to start with. No, Ooh, no. no. You then have the nerd, the virgin. Uh, the comedian and the perv are the other kind of classic ones on that. Score. Did you have the slut? Uh, yeah. Oh, sorry. And the super sexy babe stroke slut uh, as well. So you usually kind of mix and match to that basic set. And that was actually the thing I was going to say because the more I watched it, the more I realised that Matt is just a non-character. Yeah, he absolutely. He's not is. anything. No. Yeah, he is just. He is a piece of white bread. He's for events to to cling on to. Yeah, and I I think were he a female character, he'd probably fall under the sexy lamp. Yeah. Oh my God, you're so right. Yes, he is a male sexy lamp. And I mean, you even I mean, sometimes you have the nice guy as well, and the nice guy will either die first or at the very end. Sometimes the nice guy's role is purely to show how horrible, terrible, and evil the person is. If it wasn't for this trope. Jack would have died first because he's just such an annoying twat. But mm. we saw a woman have sex and apparently, of course, she must be punished for that. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. guess I didn't get that whole if you have sex in these sort of movies, that's an immediate death sentence. Of course it is. That's the whole genre. Yeah, I know. Mm, yeah, and, in fact, Nina, who does not die, they kept not having sex because she could want to read old newspapers. She's the yeah. virgin. That's yeah. that's true. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So sex, is, sex equals bad in these sorts of films. So, of course. So they've done... We learnt that from Buffy way back when. Mm, oh, God, yeah. And um, John Carpenter actually feels bad for accidentally inventing it because it wasn't his intention at all. It was just sort of the way the pieces of his movie fell. Oh, okay. Wow. Halloween. Oh, yeah, right. That's really interesting because... Which was co-created by a woman, so it's not just a patriarch trope that he's making excuses for. Oh, right, wow. But it kind of encoded and... 
became a thing from then on in. Not cool. Oh, not cool, rather, as the case may be. But yeah, because that was the thing, because what I remember thinking at the time was when I'm watching this movie, those moments where it doesn't meet those sort of pre-scripted expectations in something like, say, Cabin in the Woods, that's almost intentional. I didn't see any subversion in this. It's just they just didn't do it. It felt like a fumble rather than an intent. So mm. whereas you could, you know, you can look into the fact that certain people don't meet certain characteristics in these films and then don't die or do die or get captured or don't get captured as a very, very clever commentary on horror. It's like this one, eh, they had fun. They oh, weren't. but also we don't kill everybody in this. No, and that's actually and a really interesting And there's two left point. alive rather than mm. just one or none. Um, there's two left alive up until the very last sequence. Um, we don't know how long she keeps them alive for. No. And can I just take this opportunity to say yeah. those dentures won't cover those teeth. Those teeth are bigger than the dentures she's wearing. Oh, her wearing. teeth were massive. They were huge. And it was it's the like same. The no, 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 I'm saying that. Yes. yes. Oh, right. Yeah, sure. <laughs> Sorry, there's some temporal displacement shit happening there because <laughs> holy crap. They're both still alive as the credits roll, one of which... One of them probably not for much longer. Yeah, you assume. The other one, well, at risk of being too horrid about it, probably at least got at least 40 weeks left to her. Yeah. yeah. I just, I like <laughs> that... Yeah, you've okay. got the guy from the Valentine's special, so you've got to be careful here. Yeah, I do realise that. <laughs> I can't believe you guys... I can't believe you guys let me down on that whole... Sorry, we'll let you down. ...centre spread. No, the guys listening to the podcast. The, the people listening to the podcast... <laughs> Blame the audience. Yeah, right. It's gone straight back to table 22. As a horror movie, okay, because there are very common themes that that people have nightmares of. Mm. Uh, You know, there's being unprepared for school and work, but there's also a really common theme for nightmares is teeth. And to make a horror movie that's got teeth ripped out without anaesthetic and shit. That, it, that goes with horror quite well. Yeah, but again, I mean, I've seen Dr. Giggles, which is a horror film. I can't remember the name of the actor who's in that. I mean, it's, is there it's, laughing gas? Uh, yes, and he, he sucks down on it, I think. I think. Very vague memories. But there's a lot of teeth stuff in that. Yeah. There's, uh, I mean, there's Marathon Man. There's that whole sequence with the teeth. So if you're going to go down that road, you can do it. Oh, yeah, properly. absolutely. Well, not properly, but you can do it hardcore. So it, it is... The lead actor of Dr. Giggles is Larry Drake. Larry Drake. And he has been in, I think he was The Shadow, among other things. He's a, a stalwart hit giver of the American film. He was Benny on L.A. Law. Mm. He was also in both Dark Mans. Ah, oh, Dark Man, sorry, not The Shadow. That's the one I remember. Yes, yes, because The Shadow was one of the Baldwins. Yeah, it was really weird. I, I found when I was watching this one, it just didn't seem to gel around anything in particular particular but not because it was deliberately trying not to just because it never really gelled was the impression i got I just when i watched it had a realization mm. i think all those actors are really really good because the script is terrible the script is very by the numbers it's not even necessarily that but mm. it's just they don't none of these four main people jack matt nina rebecca React in any normal way to any situation. I remember you actually mentioned that when we were watching the film. It's like, they're not, what the hell? It was the, I think when they were getting on the ferry, something happened and they just didn't react in a proper way. So Nina forgets her camera bag, goes back to get it, checks out a sound in a shed, which is a woman 
hammering puppies' heads in because they're inbred. Ah, uh, yes. I'll cut them off. I got cutting them off. Did oh, you so I thought them I was smashing them in. I thought I was smashing them in too. I'll smash them in, okay. Yeah. All right. Either way, they were coming off second. Yeah, <laughs> yes. <laughs> I warned them this would happen. Always does. And so she goes back to the boat and meets her friends and boyfriend's like, you okay? You got everything? Yeah. You all right? We're fine. Let's go. Says nothing. And I think it's Nina again that trips on what's meant to be in mine shaft and is just clearly, no, that's just a pit really dug to your death. Yeah, yeah, basically. And doesn't go and tell people, oh, I found this thing, please be careful, you might just suddenly fall oh. through the earth 100 feet mm. to your death. Oh, my God. I actually ended up writing on one of these pieces of paper. I'm trying desperately to shuffle around quietly. Uh, something on the lines of just communicate. I mean... Oh, yes. I know that, like, in a similar way to farces... Uh, oh gosh, I totally see where you're coming oh, from. Oh, there we go. Impart the information. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you, you go off and you investigate various noises, and it's not just that you investigate a noise and come back thinking it was nothing. You thought it was something, or you saw something. You literally saw the Tasmanian tiger, or you saw a woman smashing in puppy heads. Impart yes. that information. Give the group the wisdom of what you've learned. Do you not like to talk to fun. your friends? Yeah. But like I said, again, I recognise that may be a stalwart of the requirement for horror films in the same way that the Whitehall farce is all about not passing on the... You know, you don't get an episode of Faulty Towers unless, you know, rather than incredibly overcomplicate something, you just simply say what's happening. Because if you say what's happening, the problem's resolved in two seconds. Yes. It doesn't make for the rest well, of the film. Yeah, and sure. same, you don't have the four exchanging information going, oh, actually, this place seems pretty dangerous. Maybe we should just go and be done with it. Yeah, possibly yeah. you should go there. Yeah. Why? What's wrong? Do you feel scared? Um, yeah, I feel scared. I've just seen a woman smashing in puppy heads. Can we go to somewhere that has electricity? Uh, that would be good. Although this place does, yes. To power all their meat grinders. Mm. I've got to say, as this little sideline, the pub inside seemed a hell of a lot better than the outside tin shack would suggest. And also, if that hotel room is roughing it, it's not very rough for where they are. Well, They're... the colour of the water in the bathtub. Ah, the I've never bathed thing. in tea, but yeah. I can't imagine it's great for the skin. Yeah. In what way did Rebecca think that was actually bathing? I, don't, I have no concept of why like she got into that bath. Yeah, I don't know. We just need an excuse to put your bum on screen. So. Apparently so. Huh. Oh, well, that happened a bit later on when she was hanging from the trees. Like, <coughs> no, it had to be trees. so we'd recognise it was her bum. Yeah, well, that's true. Mm. Really? Oh, wait, was it foreshadowing? <laughs> <laughs> it was a foreshadowing bum. The dog thing was foreshadowing. The dog was, yeah. Which dog bit? With the... The smashing the head in? Yeah. Oh, yeah, that was good. Yeah. Um, not the dog bit, mm. when it came back later. Yeah. No. Well, that well was actually, no, because she didn't hit him in the head. I thought she did the first time, and then it was like this pickaxe through the chest type thing. But it links up that <laughs> she's going, you're just super inbred and dangerous, and when she says... Should have been done when you were a pup. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Because I thought when she said to Nina, parents were brother and sister, we tried to keep them apart, all of this is said over the head of the little girl. So I thought, ah, this is a really clever way to say the little girl oh, her parents she's are inbred. But, of course, the little girl is the only real pure... Oh, God, I nearly said pure blood. Uh, is the only non-inbred person in that whole area because she's the one who's technically been raised from... Um, rape. Rape from an external person. So well, I get the feeling that they prefer to keep things in-house, as it were, but do recognise by this point they need to bring people other breeding stock in mm. now yes. and again and if they don't accept 
their fate, they're going to be forced into it. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so there's a couple of things I want to say. So See, which of... is why I, w- why I was wondering if they would keep Matt alive at the end and... Bring in sperm rather than just... Well, eggs. have them both, but, yeah, bring in sperm and then raise the offspring of that in mm. their ways. I think they want any of the offsprings to be at least half them. Yeah. But, like, the little girl, I'm just like, is this going to be your practice man later? Mm. So the question is, with the little girl's teeth at the end, the question is, there's so many questions. The little girl's teeth at the end, are they a genetic trait from Alexander Pierce, or have they been intentionally filed down? Oh, I never thought of it as a genetic (coughs) trait. I always thought it was filed down. Ah, okay, right, all right. Man, I see different things in these movies than you guys. (laughs) Because I thought maybe that this was a genetic trait that was passed from father to son to father to son. So then that brings the next question. Who is the father of the girl? Is it Rowan? Which one's Rowan? Rowan is, is the, the one the and only mega-inbred. The one who cops the axe in the back of the head. Because we know the mother. So the mother is Nina's sister. I thought it was the ferryman was the father. So did I. Well, he says that she's his. Or the Oh, but then we also there. know that she was raped by the... I kind of got the whole town, basically, yeah, by that true. stage. But I was going to say the guy that got nailed to a tree. Yeah. Oh, God, yes. Hang on, the guy that got nailed to a tree, which one? Oh, yes, With that's With the long right. hair. Well, actually, and interestingly, so that is uh, a guy by the name of... So that's a guy by the name of Harvey, played by an Australian actor, Billy Brown. Billy Brown actually played both characters. So oh, Billy yeah, Brown yeah, played... the, the big Brad... The big bad, bad. Rowan, mm. and also the one who you he's helping and not helping and helping and not helping, and that was another thing I felt the movie fumbled a bit. There was part of these films is often about a bit of a reveal at the end of well, the person you thought was bad is actually good, and the person you thought was good is actually bad. But pretty much everybody at some point is painted as potentially bad, and at some point is painted as potentially good. So there was no real. And Nina goes to trusting this guy. Yeah, I just like they flick a switch. It's... We speed him through the cheek, therefore he's fine now. <laughs> yes, it's very weird. You should at least suspect he might not be trustworthy because he might be mad because you shot him in the face and nailed yes. him to a tree. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, that that did bug me a bit. That was a like, now we're we gonna trust him. Yes, a normal person would now be a problem that we would have to deal with. So yeah, um, shit. Matt, can you do something? Can you pull it what? out? I don't. I don't know. Here, hold hold him, hold him. I'll make this as fast as I can, mate. I can't do it. I can't do it. Pull it through. Huh? Pull the prick off it. (gasps) Die! The opening titles in this are really good. I really like the... Oh, yes, with the blood turning into trees to make the family tree. And occasionally just splitting out and sometimes continuing. As a commentary of potentially, okay, here we hit a dead end. I thought it was a very HBO intro, which sounds like it might be a, a bad thing, but, you know... I mean, think of well, no, like you were Dexter thinking of Dexter. And, yeah, there was... Yeah. Well, no, you were thinking of Dexter. You said I was thinking of Dexter, but Dexter wasn't necessarily what I was thinking of. I was thinking of, say, the intro to Westworld or... Uh, oh, God, there was another one. No. It's like the one from Hannibal. Hannibal, apparently, yeah. Oh, there you go. Um, ah. <laughs> so, yeah, so the title sequence is really good, and I really like the hereditary kind of passing down mm. from generation to generation. And, in fact, while we watched a film... 
the bookend feeling I got from this was a TV episode. It really seemed to end as a bit of a TV episode, up until the point that there was the twist, that whole kind of the police are there and then the police drive away. And it... Yeah, it seemed like the police, there needed to be more story on the yeah, police. Yeah, we need to establish if the, at the end. if the police chief knows what's about to happen. And does he just, like, he gets his deputy to eat the pie, but... Yeah. Does it have, like, magic unremembering juice in it? Well, I don't know what that's meant to be. The deputy seems troubled. There's a shot right at the end as you close in on the phone. Yeah. Where he's sitting there looking concerned, but you never know why. My read, and granted, is only from what's on screen. Oh, no, please, I read everything wrong, apparently, so... (laughs) (laughs) Well, I thought the deputy's concern was just on the surface levels of of the case, because even even from a completely legitimate police level... This is not just a stolen handbag. No, no, not no. at all. And he right, actually yes. says at the time, as they're pulling away, something along the lines of, I, I know it doesn't sit right, or I can't remember what he actually said, but he expresses concern, and that's when the chief goes, I was born here, and he uses the line... I know these people? I know these people, or these are my people? Yeah, I think it was like, I know these people, which gave me the impression that... Which he kind of, because he had all his teeth... <laughs> We think. Well, they had some true. of those special magical benches that covered the equivalent of one of those fucking <laughs> That one of the Pierce fish. clan had been basically chosen to go off and become a police officer to be able to steer oh, the authorities clever, away from clever. our... We kill and eat people and <laughs> breed and do incest and boil our socks club. Yeah. That was the... <laughs> oh, God, what's that oh, smell? That giant saucepan. Did you think there was going to be a head in that saucepan? I totally thought I kind was. Of, and that was what they were going for. I kind of guessed yeah. that they were going for the bunny boiler kind of thing. But that was another point I yelled at the screen. It's like, what do you mean, what's that smell? You are surrounded by meat. There is meat hanging everywhere in that weird cabin. Yeah, but that's where they say, were the soaking smell? herbs. Yes. Well, as it turned out, they were stewing a sock. So it does make sense that the smell Full wasn't herbs. what they thought. Why, why do you boil socks? To clean them. It's just washing. Mm. I what? I just assumed there was an ingredient inside the sock, like how you would use the- muslin. No, 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 you just, you can boil clothes if they're really manky. You you boil them to clean them. Ew. I'm not saying it's a good thing, but that's, I again, I might be misreading, but that's what I took. It was just cleaning, like, you know, you can do it with wool. A sock. No, no, well, you do it with wool as well. You can, yeah, okay. you can clean wool by, I believe, boiling it. I'm hoping I'm not talking out of my butt. I'm pretty sure you do that. Well, you had no washing machine, and it did, this place didn't strike me as having necessarily a lot of the basic amenities of life. So you just do your washing one sock at a time. Yeah, boiling socks, where have I... Oh, boiling socks in a pot. I do recall having seen that as something else. You boil them to clean them, and then you hang them up. I can't remember. Oh. Yeah, nothing. Mm. Nothing at all. The shot of Rebecca's body, that... That was pleasant. No, that was a surprisingly... Because the one thing I noticed is that there was a lot of fuck. So there was a lot of swearing fucks in this. And there was a fair bit of blood. But up until the point where the hanging body appeared, there'd be no boobs. That certainly... And it went straight from no boobs to full boob and almost full frontal nudity with half a leg missing. And one boob missing. Um, yeah. Yeah. And really full on and I was like oh they've just dialed us up to 11 considering that it was very low key and I'm like okay here we go it's about to get buckets of blood and then you know, I unintentionally first watched this on International Women's Day and that was not appropriate oh wow right yeah. yeah it's not a feminist movie it's not a feminist movie I mean we were talking before is we started anything recording. in this genre I don't know that could be another challenge to find yeah you I know. think it would be a challenge to find <laughs> I think this is 
further than some of the others. <laughs> I don't think I'm over-defending by saying this is further from it than some of the others no, might be. Indeed, definitely not. quite. We were talking before we actually started recording as to whether or not this would technically have passed the basic level Bechdel test, and it's like, mm, even if it does, that was purely by accident rather than design, so, yeah. Yeah, well, the Bechdel test was never ironclad. Even Alison no. Bechdel says that. Yes, yes, yes. yes. In fact, um, she says it more often than anyone else does. Mm, as would often be the case where somebody takes something and then it's immediately misused and misrepresented. Someone else that's just runs with it. Thing in that it wasn't immediately misused. And that she wrote that strip in 1985. Oh, shit, seriously. Oh, yeah. holy crap, I thought it was an invention of, like, the podcasting era, the Bechdel test. No, that strip, that instalment of Dykes to Watch Out For was from 1985. Oh. And... It's all of a sudden blew up? Yeah, the, the name Alison Bechdel was basically unknown unless you read or otherwise followed her work for, I don't know, somewhere 25 years. Holy crap. Wow. Okay. Any idea why it suddenly exploded? I mean, I know that the internet helped, mm. but I don't know why at that point of the internet, because... Was this like you this... could just say, why internet, really? I mean... It sounds like the woman who invented the word incel, and she was talking about herself being involuntarily celibate, and now it's just all these... Mm. Yeah, she only meant it literally. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And now there's all oh, these feral. I also gather that it was originally TERFs who called trans exclusionary radical feminists TERFs, and now they're all, oh no, TERF is a slur. Oh, right. <laughs> okay. Oh, God. Trans so, women or women. Anyway. Back to this terrible horror film. Ah, not terrible horror film. Back to this. Eh, okay, horror film. I had a couple of. Jump scares? You had a big jump scare. That's why I asked you about it on the trailer, because you jumped through the fucking roof both times the little girls revealed. Oh, yeah. Intentionally. Well, that's because children are terrifying. It's in their nature. Well, again, this was another area where I felt it fumbled. I was just... Children are meant to be terrifying. I mean, it's... <laughs> okay, let me backtrack. Children Take it up horror... a notch. Children in a this horror film. Children in a horror film in this context are meant to be terrifying. This is why he got fired from his job as PR for a fertility clinic. <laughs> it's just they're grotty and disgusting and sticky and gross, and then it, by and the time like they turn eighteen, yes, I know, right? Yeah. Anyway, I'm in this glad type I of... cut off the rest of that sentence. Thank you. <laughs> anyway. In this type of a genre film, these children are meant to be creepy. And if you have them reading poetry and singing or dancing or whatever, yeah. they're meant to be oh, yeah. creepy. Oh, it's yeah. Oh, yeah. Anything but it, but it felt so forth. I mean, maybe... It... Simple Simon met the pieman playing with a knife. Said Simple Simon to the pieman, will you take my life? It's just that it's so hackneyed in this day and age. It just felt so forced and I didn't get the creep factor. I got the jump scare factor, yeah. you know, because... Sudden loud noise, crash of music, yeah. something sudden happens. I mean, you can do that with a panda toy. But yeah, I didn't get the creep factor from the kid as much as I think I was meant to. Uh, I got it most actually on the boat before we got into standard creepiness, but when mm. she was biting Matt's finger. Because she clearly had pointed teeth by yeah. the marks. Those weren't normal teeth marks on his Oh, hand. I just took that to be bad makeup. Oh, of course, of course. Yeah, no. you're right. Yeah. No. Yeah, and... Matt's obviously been brought up to be stereotypically polite. Mm. Oh, my God. Like it... I said, he's just grey. He's a non-person. And, and Rebecca is just too nice, forgiving, optimistic. I'm not sure. She puts up with a lot of crap. Well, she puts up with Jack. Exactly. So, yeah. yeah. But with a laugh and a smile, she does it. Yeah, I got the impression, and the actors kind of did this 
for me so if it's intentional it's very good that Jack is Matt's friend but Matt likes Jack more when he's not there Oh, sure, yep. You have certain friends that when you're actually with them, you remember you don't actually <laughs> this like This is actually them. hard oh, work. Yeah. No, that's... Wow. If they did that, if that's they intentionally yeah. did that, that I'm, I'm very I, impressed. I certainly got that feeling from this, especially because they said it had been something like five years since they were yeah. together well, at the start. Because I know, I mean, I've seen Nathan Phillips doing good stuff. He's a very good actor. So if that's... Rather than just chew the scenery as a bad douche yeah if that's the kind of level he was trying to go to to try and make him this sort of yeah as you say disliked in person but memorably okay but also from lee wano giving the reaction of sort of the oh that's right that's why i haven't seen jack for five years yeah faces that's actually kind of cool all right i'll pay that one because the other thing is i'd noticed that because we went through those cliched sort of people Neither of the girls, you could argue that Nina notionally is the virgin, only as far as we don't see her physically having sex on screen, but it's certainly intimated that obviously the boyfriend and girlfriend have been intimate in the past. So none of them really fall into any one particular cliche. I kind of thought that was sort of okay. <laughs> or maybe not. I mean, just I sort of drop that into the silence. There's some crossing over with Nina being the nerd because she's a researcher and... Mm. They're ultimately on a scientific expedition. You kind of have to squeeze Jack in because he wants to get famous if they find the Tasmanian tiger. Yeah. And so you, I don't know how he, he persuaded Rebecca to come. Yeah. I know that he's fucking psycho. I mean, what the hell is that reaction to having your car keyed? I mean, I totally get it, but you wrap someone oh, to a fence in barbed wire? That was awesome. Holy shit. <laughs> Take it up a notch. Jeez. Yeah, yeah, he has clearly some mental or emotional issues He's because got he some just anger issues. goes from mm. zero to a hundred in. And that was again another one of those points. That's almost the point where you can play off that everything that happens to them now is deserved because they came into a community minding its own business and this was the way you responded. I so couldn't this... go with deserved. I mean, they Not... could have just gone into this tiny town, spent that night at the pub gone out camping for a few days, might yeah. see a tiger. I'm trying to remember there is a... Oh, maybe they all have to be killed because they know there's a tiger there and then it'll bring too many people. They have to stay hidden. Well, I don't know, and that's another thing too, is at one point the guy says, oh, it's a problem with the tourists, but with the best will in the world, tourism brings in the meat, so, you know. Yeah, I mean, there's evidently, there's no industry there, really, is there? Well, there's meat pies, and they were obviously running a hell of a lot low on where they were getting the meat from, so... Mm. Although this does cast, you know, a whole new spin on Mrs. Max's famous meat pies. I don't think they'll be a sponsor now. <laughs> I wonder why Rebecca was seen as food instead of breeding stock. Because she's ah, black. Ah, now, no, 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 no. No, I thought he accidentally killed her, actually. Oh, yeah, I got that too. So I thought that Liam, sorry, that um, Rowan initially attempted to rape her. There was yeah, the play definitely. out of that opening sequence. I thought there was an definitely. attempt to whatever... And then she kicks him or breaks free and he grabs her and breaks her neck. Yeah, uh, I'm quite sure I he accidentally killed exactly her. couldn't exactly tell what's going on. I think point. there was an attempted mm. rape at that point. Oh, there absolutely was. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, um, yeah. I had a whole rationale worked out. Oh, well, right. where was yours um, going? Because she's No, black. please, let, let it be well, you for well, a change. I'm glad she's it's not black. me this time. <laughs> less because she's... Um, a person of colour. Yeah, less, less because she's Eurasian, more because she's not Irish. Mm. Ah, okay, 
I get it. Even though I'm sure they've done it before, the two women we know have been taken for. Well, I hate to use the term breeding stock, but that's really what we're talking about. No, yes. it is, yeah, absolutely. Wait, it's, but, they're, they're, um, they're Irish. Cows. Yeah, they're, they're Irish, and the Pierce clan are proud of their Irish descended nature. Yeah. So mm. the idea of not only renewing the gene pool, which is obviously something they have worked out they have to do, yeah. but doing it with proper Irish stock might be important to them. Right. Mm. Yeah, that could work. I didn't get that. I did think that he was having an attempt at the time. But then there's also there's a bit of a question as to just how Compass Rowan, Rowan actually is. Well, yeah. Not a lot. If he's... As... Well, yeah, because he's going to go and kill... Who's the kid that's tied to the post with barbed wire that Matt attacks oh, after his yeah, car Oh, yeah, I can't remember his name. The guy who's notionally keyed his car, mm. who then swears, it's not me, it's not me. And then he kind of yells back, it's... Blah, 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 as if, what are you doing having a crack at me? I'm, yeah, yeah, it's me, yeah. I'm one of the group. Can I just say, half of the townspeople sort of vanished. The pub was a hell of a lot fuller than the characters that ended up playing Saturday out. Saturday night. Well, no, only insofar as they don't make an appearance in the rest of the film. Mm. You know. Maybe it's just a but assigned it's... task thing. It's not their <laughs> job to chase down and kill and eat tourists. Oh, I got but very people much get together at a certain time down the pub. It's not like we see a town centre or a library. We don't see people congregating well, in other areas. No, but that's what I'm saying. Because there aren't any other areas Exactly. So there's no other area. So basically no. I kind of got that, you know, your collective group in the... Because it's not a town, really. It's, it's, I mean, mm. it's a farm, literally, I suppose. And I just got the impression that, you know, they had like sort of sort of four or five other extras that made in a brief appearance. I mean, like the old dude with no teeth who does Which his one? weird thing. No, 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 the, the old guy who does the weird little taking his teeth out and, and surprising everybody. That was funny, um, though. <laughs> who uh, I did write down is an, an Australian actor called Reg Evans, who's been in a bunch of things. Including, including Sonningsburg. Including Sonningsburg, the TV miniseries that our good friend Petra was in. Which initially and I gave us loved some vibes it. on this. Yeah, it was really cool. Uh, four people go into the woods, <laughs> the Tasmanian tiger, and get picked off one by one, except for the last two who become meat stroke uterus. Yeah. So we have the four of them. They've just said, no, we're camping here, not walking anymore after their 15K. My blisters have blisters. Mm-hmm. Which and... I thought was a line from something else, but I couldn't find a reference to it. So. Oh, I think it's just a normal thing to say. Yeah. Yeah. I've heard it a lot. Yeah. Nina's like, you know, taking the moment to just listen, which is, you know, enjoy the silence, look at everything around you. And she's saying that we're in a spot that maybe no one has ever set foot here before. It's like, there's a cave right behind you that <laughs> someone has clearly put wooden slats against. Um, yeah. And, and then they go in and see there's a beer bottle. Ale, which mm. I did like that Pyman was everything. So, okay. So the, the classic horror films, things like Night of the Living Dead and so on, I mean, they have commentaries on certain aspects of life. I mean, even Texas Chainsaw Massacre was meant to be a, a commentary on consumerism or something, I think it was. There's no commentary vegetarianism. there. Oh, sorry, vegetarianism. Sorry, vegetarianism, that's what it was, yes. Well, there's a lot going on between Texas Chainsaw and this. Yeah, but this is just another... This is the hills have eyes. Or as the Tasmanian hills have eyes. Well, as somebody actually wrote down uh, in their heading to the review, the hills have pies. Uh I thought it was good enough to write down. Well done, that person. Did we mention that the budget was around estimated $3 million and the opening weekend made 220000 Yeah. So that. Did we say that? 
I don't think we did, but that's definitely worth noting. I actually had written down the fact that she references that, well, she uses the line incorrectly, which is that it was a whole X-Files series or season about this kind of people. There was an episode actually called uh, Home, which was banned, was never shown again. Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was uh, season three, I think it was. It was one of the very so early episodes. So it aired once and hasn't aired since. Aired is it in your has, DVD collection? It is in the DVD collection. It is on the, when you buy the digital versions, I think right. you get it. But it was never aired again after it was aired the first time. Given and it was Appalachians complaint. Well, there goes a little portion of our market. But no, definitely, yeah. The, yeah. And look, I mean, that's another thing too. There's a lot of nods to Oh, he walks into, I mean, uh, walks into the pub banjos. singing dueling banjos. Do you think it's ever not going to make sense to people? It was oh, occurring yeah, to me. Because right. sure. I, I understood the reference long before I ever actually saw Deliverance. Yeah. I still haven't seen Deliverance and I get the reference. It's, yeah, it's yeah. just backwards hillbillies. And I wonder that's... whether or not that's something that, you know, the next generation and the next generation are used to. You know, you're just yeah. dueling banjos. Yeah. It was just something that occurred. And there was a lampshade made of human skin. Did you oh, my that? God. Oh, my God. And this was the funniest thing because Caleb and I were watching. I mean, I watched this yesterday, but then Caleb and I were watching it again. And honestly, like, I didn't get this. I just honestly thought there was a lamp called Ruth. <laughs> if you close up on the in the uh, hotel room that's roughing it, the lampshade has a very definite mother tattoo. It's made of human oh, flesh. Yeah, it's got I the tattoo, that. and I yep. just like so I, I thought it was like some kind of paper material, and I, it didn't occur to me that yeah. was someone's flesh, someone's tattoo. That was Ruth and Mummy. And again, that was another area that I thought, well. Are we going to go down the road of, say, the cars at 8 Paris, where the industry is people? The industry is... Yes, are they making leather goods? Are they making everything? Maybe they're exporting the pies. But again, it just didn't quite, you know, grab that. And I mean, one of the characters at one point says, you know, what are they doing here? You know, the mines closed down years ago. Where are the women? Yeah. What's going on? What is honestly keeping that town on the map? But people still live in Centralia. Oh, but then it's easy to get from Centralia to other places nearby to work. Yeah. Um, but no, I just... It it could have gone a number of different ways, and I think any of those ways might have been a bit more... Um, there was a potential for it to, I get I don't know, mean something is the wrong way to say it, but there's a potential for it to have been something quite insightful maybe. But, you know, at the end of the day, if you want to make a roller coaster into a film, there's nothing wrong with that. Hmm. It pretty much is the genre of what we're doing. It's just that's right. we've found some real gems. So there was far. no dying breed too for us to learn more. No, no. And I guess they were trying to do the Wolf Creek thing. I mean, it is a pretty open ending. You can. What year was Wolf Creek? It's a very good question. Do we have the internet? Let me ask Dr. Google. I've written Hooked on Cover again. Hooked on cover. Oh, I know why you wrote that. Why can I, I just that? be psychic? Because it's the back cover oh, of the ute. That's right, yes. The ute that was unhooked and then rehooked and then, yes, the cover was gone. That did seem like there was supposed to be more to it. Than yeah, yeah, yeah. That, and a few things happened like that. Actually, that's what it is. That's what I would say. There seems like there should have been more. That maybe is my 2005, Wolf this. Creek. Oh, wow. Oh, so that's only... Three years. Three years before this one. That was, I think, maybe my catch line from this film. It seemed like there was so much more. All of these potential, you know, are we going to make a comment on this? Is it going to be that? Does the town live off people? Is the Who are the... Imbr- it just... Nothing quite went necessarily... I don't say in the direction that I expected, because that doesn't have to be a bad thing. That can be great if a movie takes your expectations and throws it out the well, window. Especially for a horror film. But I just don't imagine... I don't get the impression it was done with intent. I think it just 
they never they never expanded on this idea or they never expanded on that idea or they didn't quite so you know how we said the budget of this was three million mm. the budget of wolf creek was us dollars but 1.3 million wow which i thought surprisingly for the quality of parts of this film was quite low really um I think I, it Wolf Creek didn't have right, Wolf Creek yeah. um, Tasmanian tigers to no to CG into, but also like filming in Tasmania. Oh, does Tasmania ever like look welcoming and nice and warm on screen? I don't think I've ever seen that Tasmania. Nice and warm. I'm not going to sort of push on that one. It can because look if you're filming in Tasmania, it just rains all the time. That's got to be problematic. They did actually say in an interview I read the guy was saying that it was a really difficult shoot that the weather was terrible he said at one point it felt like he was in antarctica there was sleet and and terribleness there is another film a much more thoughtful film called the hunter which is actually a willem dafoe movie oh gosh that's great but then maybe just because i love willem dafoe yeah it is another one that uses tasmania simply as as you know you can just do slow pans across the country yeah exactly want to watch dying breed you know just Watch The Hunter instead. Totally different film. He's after, what, hunting a Tasmanian tiger. So he, yes. So so Willem Dafoe plays a nameless character who is an expert at things. You're not really kind of explained what... There's a suggestion he could be anything from a full-on assassin to just the man that is hired. Uh, And he gets hired to actually go in and hunt a Tasmanian tiger for a company that's trying to pull it down for bioweapons research. And in the process, he becomes emotionally involved with the single mother of a family that is actually putting him up in his kind of sort of forays into the Tasmanian wilderness. Mm. And it turns out that the husband was previously part of the same organisation and has disappeared. It's a lot of little subtle commentary on, uh, you know, stopping logging and, you know, people's livelihoods and a lot of the Tasmanian wilderness and a very interesting sort of spin out as to whether or not the Tasmanian Tiger even exists. That's a really good film. And I will say that on the score on this movie, not the score, the musical score, but on this movie, it does do a good job of using Tasmania in a really amazing way. I mean, there's obviously just set pieces very similar to Long Weekend that are just Though we did hit a slight snag. So Callum's telly made a funny noise. And now there's a shadow on part of the top of the screen, and it just oh, makes yes. some things look extra ominous. <laughs> <laughs> there were some points where it actually fit in really well. Yeah, it was having a really good. Dark section on the screen worked well. The but, sun's going out. Yes. Yes. Well, things like the that flooded area the with all the dead trees. Down. Yeah, that was really um, interesting. I was wondering if it was somewhere where they had just. Had... Well, I wonder if it's maybe a last final legacy of the Franklin Dam or something. I don't know. But the other thing that I did notice was that one of the places they shot was the Macintosh Dam, which is where I've actually camped next to Lake Macintosh. Oh, yes. You had a terrible night's sleep. Yeah, I had a terrible night's sleep. I thought it was flooding on me, so there we go. Yeah, right. Um, (laughs) So, yeah, there's some really pretty parts of the world down there. Yes. Well, Well, some really pretty parts of the world are down there. Oh, Tasmania is lovely. It just doesn't necessarily come up great on film. No. Or in this (laughs) case, it works very well. It's cold and wet. But it works very well for what they were trying to do. And by the time that the the rains are coming and that second half of the film is played out as very rainy and gross, it's pretty cool. So, thought you'd leave hell, would you? Timmy! I have peers! Timmy! Get him up! Up! Oh, as you will. There is your always seen. Get out! 
was a bit of a surge of Alexander Pierce films around this time. Yes, oh, really? there was The Confessions of Alexander Pierce. Oh, okay. So this is actually something I wasn't aware of. And there was this, and there was one called Van Diemen's Land. Yeah, that's right. Oh, I haven't There's... heard of that one. Yeah, no. Mm. Oh, wow. This... I thought that was a more general commentary on... No, it all like, came out a couple of years years of each other, and it's not like it was the anniversary of his birth or death or anything. Okay. Oh. That's really weird. Yeah. So do you know what he was originally convicted of, that he was sent to Australia? Oh, please, we're just stealing a handkerchief. Shoes. Six, shoes. Six pairs of shoes. He stole six pairs of shoes. That was seven. That gives you seven years. Transportation. Transportation. Except he escaped, and this place on Sarah Island was created because it would be so very hard to escape mm. from. Though, mm. so, whoever was running it didn't want it to be a money waste. They wanted it to, you know, break even. They couldn't grow food on the island and there was lots of scurvy and dysentery. And so they were cutting down the giant Huon pines mm -hmm. to make boats. How do you escape from an island? Is <laughs> was it Sarah Island that is the story of the boat that never was? Yes. Ah. I say that with conviction, but I don't really know what you're talking about. But oh, yes, you're I'm right. I'm trying to remember because I, I learned about right. it when I went to Tasmania. So the theory was that convicts were building a boat and it was never named. So it never became an official boat. And they then used it to escape somewhere. Oh, it's all very yeah, bad. Escape from now. The, the penal colony. From the penal colony, and they actually became pirates. Yes. But because the boat never actually had a name, there was a loophole in the way they could actually be convicted, prosecuted. Um, prosecuted because they they never actually commandeered a boat that had been in the water. So even though they were pirates, they weren't piracy because that actually incorporated part of commandeering a vessel. And, and it this wasn't was a, never vessel. a vessel. This had actually never been named. It's a really interesting story, which obviously I now can't remember anywhere near as clearly as I should. Have a look for it. It's a really fascinating tale about the boat that never was. I was also reading about someone stealing another boat, but I was just sort of skimming, evidently, because I didn't realise it was like it was sentenced to Van Diemen's Land for stealing someone's schooner. I'm just like, oh, that's pretty harsh for a beer. They're like, oh, that is a oh. boat. That's right. That's this isn't a bit more 50 lashes or whatever yeah. it is. <laughs> How many lashes is it? Oh, the beer? many lashes. No, no, the oh, beer. Uh, 50 lashes? Is that what the beer is called? Yeah, I forget. I anyway. Yeah. I but yes, that's, that's not the uh, schooner that was stolen. Yes. All oh, right. That would make sense. <laughs> One thing I did notice in this film compared to some other cannibal films... Mm. Yes. <laughs> yes. We're talking about the fire with the teeth all yes. through the review. This film actually kind of addressed some of the practical aspect of cannibalism, for want of a better word. Mm -hmm. Like the mincing and the... Well, yeah, a lot of times cannibals in horror films or in deep... Well, I suppose once a cannibal's in a fairly horror genre. Yeah. Well, yeah. They're just able to just kind of finish off a, a body. whole body raw, yeah. uncooked. Yes. Yeah. And Very good point. Bones and All, to quote the title of the book. Ah, don't know that book. Uh, Bones and All, young adult fiction. Oh, okay. Young cool. adult fiction. Nice. Great. I remember a series of young adult horror books when I was a kid. I can't remember what they were called, the Dark Classics. Oh, you remember them well then. Oh, no, no, I mean, I, I, there were like The Doll's House and a bunch of others, but I can't remember what the actual series was. Oh, anyway, right, sorry, right. Yeah. sure. Let's want to stand alone. But anyway, this one, it shows the pointed teeth because, you know, it would actually be difficult to just bite off Mm. Entire chunks of flesh with normal 
Not with human teeth. Oh, yes, because he eats Rebecca's foot, but he doesn't even take a toe ring off. Yeah, also, I how are you hiking with a toe ring? Like, I, I, I love my jewellery, but... You wouldn't hike with a toe ring? No, okay. God. I've had blisters on blisters and just, yeah. no. Maybe it's one of those ones that's kind of grown into a... Ew. Ew. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah, I know. I had to have a ring cut off a while back. Yeesh. Off my hand, though. Oh. Yeah, I, I had a friend whose wedding ring had done pretty much the same thing. Yeah, I think it's still on there. My mum's pretty much a permanent wedding ring yeah. right now. So, yeah, so the practical aspects of, you know, what do you do with the bits and pieces? Yeah, uh, so I put the bit in the sock-boiling hut and curing her meat, I suppose, as part of that thing. Yeah, which was very Predator, I noticed. There were a couple of bits that, again, oh, yeah. gave a nod to Predator. And, in fact, there's a line very close to there's something out there in the trees. The oh, line yes. in Predator, it's there's yes. something out there past those trees. So yeah. I kind of got that on for a second. Yeah, I mean, I love Ravenous. It's one of my all-time favourite cannibal Callan films. Callan really loves Ravenous, and it makes him crave stew every time, and I live with this person. We've had this conversation before. <laughs> the stew in the movie is good. That's your favourite cannibal film? That's my favourite cannibal film, although I haven't seen Mine's Cannibal the Music Cannibal yet. Run. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. That probably is. That probably does exist. I... <laughs> That's fantastic. You get a quick check? i up and see if it exists. It's fantastic. <laughs> um... And yeah, Ravenous as a cannibal film does make some very interesting comments and it's got a big discussion on the the Wendigo of Native American mythology of the idea of, you know, eating human flesh and getting the, the power from it and then getting addicted to it as well. And it's actually, that's a great film to see. Uh, Guy Pearce and Robert Carlyle, of all people. I would usually just say, yes, I will watch anything with Robert Carlyle, but no. It's a great film. And for what it's worth, the cannibalism aspect is very secondary. It's a lot it's, less in your face than this. It is, even though the opening sequence is quite confronting. Yeah, no, that's a good point. You know, you can't eat a human body in one sitting. What the fuck, man? I've had two films called Cannibal Run. Really? Cannibal Run. Oh, my God. One from 2010, one from 2017. Oh. Wow. Wow. Okay. How did we miss those? <laughs> Mine's Raw, if we're keeping track. Oh, Raw. Now, have I seen that one? It's the Australian one. It was the French one. Oh, it's the French one. Don't recall that one. There's a tagline with feminism meets cannibalism. Ooh. Which was enough to make you go, all right. Yeah, there we go. Femicannibalism. Canafebalism. You've, oh, you've dangled that in front of me. I have to know <laughs> how you're doing There's it. something about vegans in that movie? Uh, vegetarians. Vegetarians. Uh, yeah, the the quick cap is that the cannibal character pre-cannibaling is vegetarian. Yep. And it's eating some other piece of meat that triggers off their cannibal um. trait. Do you know there's a zombie vegan movie and so they don't eat flesh or brains. They, they're they going brains. after wine. Wine? Yeah, so it's alcoholic vegan zombies. Alcoholic vegan oh. zombies. What film is that? Is it called Alcoholic Vegan Zombies? I just want it to be the title. Is it title. called Vegan Zombies? Give me a second. I'll... All right. But yeah, it's good to know that, yeah, you know, the disposal and pie making and all of that sort of stuff is an aspect. Apparently, this part with the nursery rhyme says you can't really grind up bones to make flour, though. Can't you? Work. Oh, that's And the simple Simon... Yeah, does it have those lines? That was one of the things I wanted to find I out. Just want, I was going to say, it was published in 1764, so it somewhat predates at this pie man. Right, okay. Oh, oh, Attack yeah. of the Vegan Zombies. Oh, no, 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 I always got that. That was... But, I mean, I kind of got that as... 3.4 out of 10. Ouch. Oh, wow. So, Attack of the Vegan Zombies. Yes, that's correct. So, I kind of got the simple Simon pie man thing as just being either irrelevant or movie magic prescience you know like you sometimes mm. get that's 
you know, they say a nursery rhyme and it fits perfectly the storyline, oftentimes because the nursery rhyme is what actually inspired the writers in the first place. True. Maybe not so much here. I don't think it has any of the, like, those darker no, lines no from the film. No, there's no depth. No, there's no... In yeah. the... Oh, yeah. yeah no. well, they probably just went, oh, Pyman. Well, they probably knew that Alexander Pierce was called the Pyman and remembered that because that's yeah. probably why 95% of people use the word Pyman these days. Yeah, I'd yeah. say so. Yeah, I mean, we don't have Pyman in the same way that we don't have Bake ladies, or, yeah, it's it's just not a the genre uh, role is increasingly not a thing to begin with. So mm. yeah, milkmans and stuff. I don't think we even have these days, do we? I mean, even if you are getting your milk delivered, it's probably just the milk it's... delivery or something. It's, yeah, <laughs> no, it's Uber Eats or <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. Uber drinks. <laughs> I am going to take two seconds to say the animatronic rabbit was fucking hilarious. The one nail. But that was to such the... a great shot. That was a good shot. So and she's literally. Yeah. Yeah, that's the thing. Looking. Dari is doing the actual. We actions. have Nina looking through her camera, looking at this rabbit. She gets it in focus and then slap. Yep. A bolt goes through it from the crossbow when it's attached to a tree, and then does does its little animatronic. <laughs> So animatronic, so crazy animatronic. It was, it was really well Probably encapsulates the relationship between Nina and Jack right there. Oh, yeah, God, pretty much. Well, yes. Pretty much. In, I am here to look for nature. I'm just going to try and stop and shoot him. <laughs> <laughs> so is Jack a bad guy? He's not a bad guy. He's a tosser. Yeah. yeah. He's exhausting to be around. The, well, that's it. And, I mean, there's a couple of times that... TV tropes would probably <coughs> call him the load. The load. Ah. I do not know this term. Uh, it's someone who's not necessarily a, a good or bad guy. Mm. Or more the point. It's usually good because you're saying it in relation to other good guys. Mm. Yeah. But it's more the load of first two. It's like you're carrying an extra load on trying to get to your goal. goal. Sure. Right. Okay. Yeah. And, yeah. and this thing, apart from the fact that supposedly facilitates the trip. Mm. Once Apparently. He's there, he Which helped, we know nothing about. He helps nothing. He just... Granted, I'll probably for the chop anyway, but his attitude toward locals probably didn't help our hero's fate. Yeah. Would our heroes have been better off, would Matt and Nina have been better off if Jack and Rebecca weren't there at all? Mm, that's a really good question. Yeah. I don't know. Because they would still have been seen as fodder. Obviously. Oh, yeah. And I would suggest that the daughter of the last good breeding cow that you had coming mm. back into town would definitely make you a target, whether or the, not the sister. you had a... Did I say brother? I meant sister. Sorry, yes. You said yes. Daughter. 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 Sorry, daughter. Sorry, no, it no, is, I meant it is daughter. The, no, the little girl being the Oh, no, 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 no I meant the sister. Of... I mean Nina. Oh, Nina. okay, yeah, right, sorry. right. Sorry. So, so the sister of obviously compatible genetic material mm. is going to make you a target no matter what, even if you don't then have a guy who stabs a bloke's tire and then immediately... Wraps him in wraps another dude barbed in wire. barbed wire. Fuck me. Sorry, yeah, I still so can't. I, I think if anyone might have been willing to listen to Liam's, maybe we should let up on these guys. They're probably far less likely to once Jack went around hacking tires and tying people yes. to fences. Tying people to fences with barbed wire. I just can't get over what an overreaction that is. And I, he really loved his car. He, I mean, he's played out as a dick. If he was played out as having anger issues of going full. I thought he was their barbarian. I thought he was going to be goes, their barbarian. I mean, not but... necessarily in this case, but he goes straight to laughing or straight to everything's okay now yeah. afterwards. Yeah. I... It's like insane mood swings. You can have the character who is the party's barbarian. Let's talk at D&D for a second. You know, he's the psycho that goes nuts and then kills, you know, three or four of them, but is eventually, you know, done in. But yeah, after that, mm. that's the worst, basically the worst we see, yeah. even though he's armed with a crossbow. Yeah. So, yeah. 
I mean, to switch in locations from another movie, imagine if this lot had had to go to Hong Kong for some reason. <laughs> Ouch. And trying to take him around Hong Kong. Oh. Oh, God. So I think he'd be trouble no matter where he goes. I don't yeah. think... He'd certainly be big trouble in Little China. Sorry. Oh, Sorry. Nice. I don't think his absence would have saved their life, but I certainly think he didn't help matters. No. Well, he and, certainly did not help matters. And... Indeed, when the Tasmanian tiger's outside the cave, he's like, what? Is there really? Oh, oh my God, that was so annoying. That whole sequence of them yelling really loudly. With and they're in a small space. And, okay, I've never been in a forest as dense as where they were meant to be me. located. The sound does but not sound travel. sound travels really well at night. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You don't have electrical devices. Your neighbours aren't playing music. But they keep calling out for each other and no one answers. Mm. It's like you can hear each other yeah yeah you can and in, in some ways the forest actually when you're in it and it's quiet is actually transmits sound a little bit better you seem to notice sounds more oh absolutely the fact that it's quiet so you hear yeah. cracks and, and noises and stuff in trees so yeah yeah the idea that you can carry on a as you say louder than normal conversation by the front of an echoey cave and hope that a oh. really wild animal is not there yeah no i um, wonder and this is just stretching past the end of the film I did wonder if the community's days, as it are, might be numbered if Rebecca's phone gets back to civilization and someone goes, oh, this is your actual Tasmanian tiger. Mm. We, better, we better send some people down for a look. I think it will boil down to which of the two people takes that container out of the car. I think if it's the chief of police, it's going to go into the bottom of a well and never be seen again. Yes. If it's the deputy, maybe he might take that extra step of, man, something's really wrong here, I need to go, because... Well, no, because yeah. all the deputy's going to do is tell his boss, sorry, Daria, mm. yeah? Yeah. But even if none of them know what's on the phone, they should be a, a sense of returning them to someone, mm. because Rebecca probably has friends or family back on the mainland. That's true. Well, we know she has friends. She oh, would have been could, on holidays another... in Thailand or something, she said. That was another one of those things. So there was there were a couple of times I thought, okay, this is being played out as a reveal, like a big reveal. Yeah. I will say that Rowan being a genuine obloogie-woo monster guy, as opposed to someone that we knew, I was expecting it to be a reveal of someone that we knew from the town. Sure. Although if it had been any of them, it wouldn't have been a surprise because they were all fucked up. Yeah. Uh, and, I just kind of thought he had Harvey's face eaten or yeah, something. Yeah, yeah. As it turned out, yeah, it was the Phantom of the Opera thing. But yeah, the other thing was the big reveal about the close-in on the Tasmanian Tiger on film. That's not news to us. We've, we've seen it. We've yeah. seen the Tassie Tiger six or seven times during the course of the film. Why is this what you're, you know, playing out the film on? So it's probably a sequel hook or to make people mm. think what I thought, that at this, this is point the... there is a record of Tasmanian Tiger heading back to civilization. Okay. Yeah. And I can play that. That works, yeah. Someone, I mean, just to pick their little university triad, for example, if one of them saw them, they go, oh, okay, this is actually worth sending a whole bunch more people than mm. just... A know, couple of inexperienced 20-somethings, mm. unarmed mostly, <laughs> uh, are certainly unequipped. Yes. Yeah. There'll be a far cry from home. There we go, far cry. Oh, and of Tasmania. course there wouldn't be any women. Oh, God, no. No, because no, it'd be like military or something. No, Far Cry 6, Tasmania. Make it about the Tassie Tiger. Far Cry 6? Far Cry 6. Make it about Tasmania. You're a Far Cry when you're in Tasmania. I didn't anyway. know there were five. There have been five, yes. The fifth one was crazy right-wing militants in middle America. Great. But it wasn't played out very well. 
They could have done a lot with it. Anyway, that's not the point. Can I say something intensely personal about this film? Yeah. So I tried to watch it on Friday and I got about five minutes in. I watched it again... So today's Sunday. I watched it again last night. Saturday night, I took a bunch of breaks, stopping it to go off for a cigarette and then stopping to go and join Callum and friend in the lounge room and watch some comedy stuff. Because um, you don't do the slasher. You don't I do the slasher. don't, don't do, do the, the slasher. And the non-zombie horror. I was crying till about 3 or 2 o'clock oh, in the morning no. on Friday after Christchurch. Oh, and Christchurch, all, right. Okay, sorry. Yeah. All afternoon... Until a- you know, five or six o'clock in the afternoon, I finally managed to stop on uh, Saturday. So um, just not being able to get that off my head, and then watching a massacre. Um, so okay, right. watching yeah. it today was a very different experience. I can imagine it would have been, yeah. No, watching that's... it in daylight with company, and I think, mm, yeah, I we're not a cast about that, so I don't think that's. I'm not going to make comments on actual events and stuff. I will say just from a movie point of view, I would argue this is one of those movies that would benefit from having a group of your friends with some beers and some snacks and some... It's certainly great to yell back at the screen. It's a good yelling film. It's a good, Mm. don't go down that dark alley. What do you mean you're separating again? You've just had one of the only two female characters taken out of your party. Why are you now leaving the other one behind at the cave? Yeah, it's a good good yelling film. the bloke you shot in the head. And... My meta flatmate and I were clocking off the usual horror tropes, going, well, she's on her own, she's for it. Yeah, 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 absolutely. I've done, yeah, look, horror limp, we have a limp at some point. Oh, yes, we didn't have a twisted ankle, but her knee hitting that rock was was powerful. That was done very well. Yeah. Oh, we had the mobile phone died immediately, and that was the last we heard of it. Oh, yes. You know, after they were notably not using GPS to find their way down in the middle of nowhere. Oh, yeah, they had a map, but they didn't have a compass. How were they navigating? Not well. <laughs> well, you can you can navigate with a map and a compass. I believe it's been no, done but they to... don't have a compass. Oh no, you said that's right. You said they don't. I think they're using reference points of rivers and things. So they're walking along a river that they know. That's why they're so surprised by the dam. Which again, are we meant to think that these people built a dam and flooded the town? Ta- I there's so many things like the boat. Like the boat being put... The, they're dinghy. They're dinghy being re-released back into the... If there was then a later point where they needed to escape by river and they couldn't because the dinghy had gone, that would be relevant. Oh, It's completely pointless. Matt with his asthma inhaler. Yeah, I good point. That You mean that one time he, he used uses it? He uses Spendalin and you said something. was like, oh, here we go. Yeah. See where that's going to go. Nothing came of it at all. Oh. I just... Maybe Lee Wynald's just... Asthmatic and he's okay. <laughs> that one time they caught it on film. Like, um, oh, we're running. Sorry. <laughs> done, it, done in classic cheapy film mode. No, no, no. We've only got a little bit of digitals left. It's like in... Have you seen Primer? Mm. Yes. Which, Which one's Primer? That? that is the the time travel film about... It's only limited time travel that you have to go backwards by sitting in the box but for as long as you want to travel for. Like, travel back three hours, you've got to sit in the box for three hours. I don't think I've seen that one. I thought I had, and now I don't. It was made on a very small budget, like $7,000. Whoa. Because they can only travel back in time, aren't they? Oh, hang on. Is that the one where they've got the guys starting and they're building it, they look like Mormons? Yeah. They're building it in the garage? I've started watching that a couple of times. I still haven't seen it all the way through yet. It's oh, a movie or series? Film, it's, yeah. It's a film, movie, yeah. Right. But one wow. of the things is there are, due to literally being that tight with even the cost of the film, mm. there are parts where you can see 
the actor who is also the director and writer mm. uh, giving the cut signal subtly on film. Really? Oh, oh that's boy. so cool. I'm so going to have to check that out. If you're looking really for, awesome. for the most part, yeah. you can't tell, but it's obviously they've arranged something subtle and got the person actually operating ah. the camera to notice. I keep hearing that's it's worth fabulous. watching because I, I, I want to see it. I've started it a couple of times and still not gone all the way through. So, hmm. Proper mindfuck. Oh, good. I'm, that's what I keep hearing. So I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. Like I said, it looked like a group of Mormons that are basically built. They're in like shirt sleeves, white shirt sleeves yeah. and stuff. Do look like the the young Mormon guys who stopped him in the square. Mm. Yeah, and that's not a commentary door. for or against Mormonism. It's just simply that's what they look like. They've got the yeah. So let me see. Uh, oh God, yeah. There's a, one point with Jack where he explodes at Nina. We've we're sick of your whining tantrums. I was just thinking about that. What whining like, tantrums? And her selfish whining. Yeah. We're sick of it. Fucking idiot. Jack, what the hell is wrong with you? What's wrong with you? There's no law against popping rabbits. I mean, they're pests. Oh. Whew. You hunt extinct dogs, and I'll hunt rabbits. You know, I came in here fun. Oh. Wow. That's very impressive, Jack. You know, I thought apes like you were extinct. You know, I came here because Matt asked me to help him help you. Do I hear any thanks for that? No, all I hear is your selfish whining tantrums. You know what? We're really sick of it. Well, then thank you, Jack. Kind of don't like you. She hasn't done anything wrong. She's told him off for she wasn't expecting a crossbow. But she's not. Yeah. She hasn't been no whining or whining. Or... It's part of Jack's whole whole problem. Yeah, yeah. he's a I massive, guess. massive tool, and you know he's also actually fairly weak inside. So he has to make it sound like mm. everyone else is with him on this. Yeah, because yeah. he says we're all sick of your whining. We well, all are. Of, yes, yeah, none of the none others. None of are. we all are actually there. Mm. Yeah, yeah. And I did actually write down the fact that you know when the guy. Um, uh, what's his name? When Liam says, oh, you know, they'll be easy to track. Though obviously, they weren't that easy to track because he starts at night time and it's daylight when they cut next. So they've obviously been tracking daylight. for the rest of the, rest of the night. Again, time seems to be a problem mm. these films have got. Oh, it's daytime now. But, uh, yeah, so I did note down that... Just a minor thing. When Katie, the little girl, appears and has the blood on her and is, how do you get that blood on her? Oh, she won't know. Oh, I know. Yeah, Everybody actually ask her. just anything are super weird. Yeah. People don't talk to each other like this. People don't react was, like that. Was Katie supposed to be younger than she... Or mute, looked? except we've heard her we've speak. We've heard her speak, in yeah. Rhyme. Maybe she can only speak in rhyme. Well, that's the thing, is she's slightly dumb only with rhyme, but then she does interact at one point. Yeah, but Nina yeah. says she won't... That's like... She might know. Yeah, exactly. I mean... It possibly is something not that hard to grasp or explain. No, yeah. no. Yeah, I was there. Someone got killed in front of me and then I got splashed with blood. Mm. You're not asking to explain Novikov's self-consistency <laughs> principle. <laughs> I don't know that one. I'll have to look it up. Very strange. Mm. While it is natural for her to do so because people do this, Nina blaming herself for Beck coming on her trip and dying doesn't make sense because... No. She not only didn't she bring her, she didn't even know she was coming. Yeah, no, that's exactly. absolutely right. This is actually one of the reactions. It's believable because people do that. Mm. Yeah, yeah. It's, uh, it's very strange. 
Oh, come on, you say sorry about everything. I do. Sorry about that. Couldn't resist. My bad. <laughs> we also had a bit of a giggle at the CGI Tasmanian Tiger at the, the start, C- saying, well, it's 1820, then a good CGI. <laughs> yes! <laughs> Love it. I did. I actually noticed the they had to kill the animal bit right off the bat with establishing how bad he was by having him take out two dogs right from the word go. You know, we've talked about the kill the kitten in the past in case you needed to know that there was any potential because he's being hunted as a convict that there's any good in him. He's oh, yeah, they killed, dogs. yeah, killing dogs was, yep. um, which interestingly is then not played out when the matriarch of the tribe or whatever the hell we're going to call them notionally turns out to be one of the few good people in at the end where she sort of takes out Rowan and then herself. So she'd been killing puppies and then doesn't turn out to be necessarily the bad guy. Yeah, and he says, like, Matt's yelling at her, you killed her, you killed Nina. She doesn't say anything. She doesn't say, no, I didn't. No, I really didn't. But he hadn't seen the woman up on the bridge, so, yeah, I don't really know where that came from. It was very strange. That woman didn't need to kill herself. No. Oh, no, I I think she she just couldn't live with who she'd become, which, again, was, I think, something that if Liam hadn't been killed, probably Liam would have been the same But if she hadn't killed herself and she went back to town, maybe she could stop what's next happening with Matt and Nina. Maybe. Maybe she feared if she made too much fuss, they'd just see if she's got any eggs left to go be going on with. Mm. Yeah. I got the impression, much as there were, much as that did come a bit out of nowhere, I got the impression that she just went, this whole thing's just beyond the pale. Nah, that's and, fucked. Yeah, yeah. That's fucked. I'm out. It, it yeah. does seem rather casual the way she just goes slick, plump. Yeah, exactly. Yes. Yeah, oh, yeah. There was, yes, very strange. I'll, I'll kill, what's what's the big chap's name again? I'll kill Rowan. Rowan. That'll at least give this young guy some kind of a chance and I'll take myself out. Yeah. yeah. Taking yourself out before you're helping somebody. What the hell, man, seriously? I don't think she thought she was a good person, to be honest. No, I no. don't think so, well, yeah. yes. And I think that... Why would she? The one thing I did take at the very start when she says there's no rooms is I think she was maybe trying to save them Oh, yeah, she was saying no rooms, go to the next town. Yeah, yeah. which she is why... She was like, go to the actual town. town. Yeah. yeah, which is why I It's think... like, there's a next town, why are we even here if there's a next town? Yeah. Yes, uh, which is why I was actually convinced right at the start that Harvey was not good, even though he was playing off as being the good guy at the beginning, is because he was the one who said, ah, you can stay here, you know, if you don't mind roughing it in the private rooms with the shared bathroom and the, and the human skin lamp. And the yes. Maybe that's another thing that contributed to the... Does Matriarch have a name? I sort of... There was a lot of people like Hunter 1 and Hunter 2, I'm yeah. sure that she Let's does, just call but... her Matriarch. Yeah. yeah, she does. No, no, she does. It's she's like actually, or something. She's an, she's an Australian actress. Been in a bunch of things. But anyway, that that might have contributed to her suicide as well. So that if if Harvey picked up on the, she's trying to steer these young people away, yeah. and then steered them back, she might go, well, he's going to want words about that later, and that's not going to be good. Yeah, that's mm. right. Ethel, is Ethel. it Ethel? Uh, yes, Ethel Elaine Hudson. Uh, is the actress? Because that was another thing too. Is that when I asked about, you know, you know, is Jack a goodie? The goodies and the baddies, I mean, if we assume that all the townspeople are the bad guys and all of the kids are the good guys... Well, there's only one kid in there. Well, no, I mean, I say the kids. Sorry, oh, I the, the, the kids because I'm thinking of them in horror film. Yeah. There's no real the one... The red Scoopy game. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, another thing that is usually explained in this is the town protecting their monster. Is the town maintaining its order? So even in, you know, the Cars of Date Paris, you know, we have the mayor is trying to keep the whole thing together. Yeah. Or TV series, another X-Files episode called Our Town. I think it's Our Town. 
or Modern Prometheus is another one which sort of tells out a town that's trying to protect a particular person. Modern Prometheus is, I think it's called, is a really good one with the Frankenstein type monster in black and white. It's done as mm -hmm. a monster film. It's very, very cool. There's no real clear what's going on. I don't know, is Harvey meant to be the leader of the town or are they all together? Who's yeah, we don't the really rules? know the is social it... structure. Yeah, is Rowan still actually in command of the town? I don't, yeah, who's setting the rules? Who's ordering yeah. the teeth removal? Even to but... something as simple as when the notional pervert's running away from the hotel saying it wasn't me, oh, yeah. it wasn't me. Maybe in my head it's just movie rules, but you kind of take them as telling the truth. So... Maybe it wasn't him, so was it then Rowan who was looking through the door going, oh. I assumed it was. You're Rowan, the creepy... Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's what I thought too. Because our matriarch says, you know, that she can smell him everywhere now that the visitors are there. Oh, no, so I thought... Now, was she talking about him or was she talking about the kids? Because I thought she was talking about the visitors. The smell of them is everywhere since they've... Oh, I thought it was yeah, the, thought like it, the smell of... The visitors have brought Rowan, Rowan into town and he was there now everywhere and dangerous. Yeah, I thought the actual smell was the visitors. And I thought the smell was uh -huh. the visitors. But that setting, Rowan, who is seems to be functioning on some quasi-animalistic level. Yeah. Yeah. Setting him... Well, his eyes the... aren't great. Mm. Yeah, except somebody had to set the rules of taking out all of your teeth. But did that happen five generations ago and we just keep tradition? I don't know. Yeah, I think yeah. it's very much a tradition says this is what we do yeah. thing. And Liam's idea is actually kind of dangerous because the rest of the town ostensibly... I'm not even sure. I don't think there's that many people to start. No, I no, didn't know there are. It's basically, it, it looked like a farm. It looked like a sort of half a dozen farm buildings in a corner mm. of a, a forest. But yeah, even five generations of, look, this is just what we do, this yeah. is the right way of things, that's going to have an effect, especially if this place is little to no communication with the outside world. Yeah. I mean, it doesn't look like they've got internet or TV or even radio. No. Think. You know, you could have done the whole glowing eyes thing as the, you know, equivalent of taking the teeth out. Every time somebody removes their teeth, they reveal themselves to be another member of the tribe. But that doesn't happen because basically everyone removes their teeth. And, yeah. Uh, I, yeah, I just, I don't know, just because it's a genre film doesn't mean you can't still have a subplotty storyline that you can play out and... It was bugging me about, like, when they removed the little girl's teeth, because I'm like, some of those are surely still baby teeth, so do you have to go through this again? <laughs> yeah. If she's got filed teeth, I guess her suggestion is they're her real teeth. They're her real teeth that have been filed down, I suppose. No, that's what I was assuming, but surely they're going to fall out again because they're baby oh, teeth. Oh, I see what you're saying. Oh, well, maybe they're going to do it again. Yeah. And then why... Why cover it all with real teeth? And why do they need to wear real teeth or denture teeth? So they're not creepy to the outsiders. But that's the thing, is that the mm, yeah the outsiders. But then you don't want the outsiders there. One of the couple of the townspeople say, you know, go away. And so if you're not making a living off encouraging people in, and ah uh, oh, yeah, I don't think they're encouraging people in, but no. And anyone who does come is basically a candidate to be eaten or bred with. Yeah. Mm. But with the best one in the world, just not showing pointy teeth is not in any way, shape or form the only thing you need to do to roll out the red carpet. They were not trying to make friends. Oh, but also because the little, to our town, the little girl Lovely, is wonderful. on the boat, like yeah. on the ferry. Oh, you mean the little girl that bites one of the visitors? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. But, Welcome you know, aboard, maybe that's child. her, like, public relations smile. <laughs> <laughs> well, you mean the one that's embedded in the hand? Or yeah. That? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
And you can tell that, I mean, people like Liam, the boatman, you can tell they're troubled by what they're doing. I think that's at least relatively clear, is that they're really at that point of not wanting to be... Because he's got the biggest anymore. access to outside. Mm. Mm. So obviously you think he's closest to someone who knows just how bad it is that they... Mm. Yeah. Could he even be a, a recruit for one of Well, I was wondering that too. Yeah. Because even with all of the actors, kind of like I say, almost Cro-Magnon-y features, he's got very low brow, very... Mm. I didn't get the impression that he was meant to be particularly inbred. Yeah. I didn't get that he was meant to be mm. particularly of the town. But, I mean, haven't you just described the actor's real face? Well, it is. Yes, yeah, that's so. what I'm saying. Yeah. It, it may or may not be insulting. So, Ken Radley, on the off chance you're listening to this, I think you're amazing and wonderful as an actor. If you are building a town of inbred characters and you happen to have access to an actor who has a naturally Cro-Magnon-esque face, the choice of that casting would surely be one that feeds into the concept of here is a member of the town that is a sign of, you know, that kind of past Mm. sort of whatever, to then specifically then make them, oh, no, 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 they were just... You know, they're actually maybe an outside. The very fact that there's that even question of are yeah. they a member of the outside world suggests, man, what a wasted opportunity. There are just a, this, there are many questions. That there are just there are many questions, and I don't. Yeah, he could be. Whether it's because he deals with outside people on the boat, or whether it's because he used to be one himself. Mm. Yeah. I could see that he sees stuff like his his daughter or his ward or however it works in yeah. the town, that his daughter is routinely just biting people, and. That could, if there's enough not twistedness left, yeah, yeah, that could reach in and say, "I have a daughter who just bites people. That's not right." Yeah, <laughs> exactly. So, yeah, and he's obviously he's meant to be struggling with something as he sends them through that tunnel. Which the Made fuck is no with that sense. tunnel? I was like. All right, go find your friends. I'll pull the stuff off this tunnel, which is a place they clearly never went. Yeah, here's the tunnel to Act 3. You need to get to the final act of the film but through this tunnel. But I think you tunnel. explained it to me. It's like, well, if they fell down a mine shaft, they'd end up there. Well, no, which worked up until the point where yeah, they, they got out of the other shafts. end of the tunnel. Yeah, I thought yeah. he's obviously leading them into where there's all the potential mine shafts are being Yeah, done. but, but no, it's case. just You need to go through this tunnel to get to the other side for reasons. reasons. And... At no point did they hit the Chekhov's gun trap that was in the tunnel. Nobody hit yeah. it. I. Mm. Mm. It's yeah. almost like they willfully set things up, the producer and the director and the writers, to then not have a resolution to be almost annoying. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that's, that's a bit harsh. That's a little harsh. Well, given that Jack's already died at the jaws of a couple of man traps. It's almost like a gun has gone off in the first act and we've put it on the mantle in the third. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, Yeah, you're right. It's sort of the wrong way around. So the tunnel's meant to be dreaded, but then there's so much other worse shit happening once you're outside the tunnel. And I wonder if it was symbolic and meant something when they were writing it and it just didn't translate didn't translate or yeah. yeah. Maybe that would have been an actual access out if there weren't a bunch of the locals already on the bridge waiting for them and he was just kind of hoping that was the case. Yeah. Hmm. Possibly. And then at the end he kind of Oh yeah, anyway. Mm. (laughs) All right. Well I had a question that was going to lead into a bit of a potentially big topic, but I think I might have genuinely already answered it by purely having this conversation. So so one of the things that struck me very early on, right at the word go from the opening credits after the sequence has played out, is it looks good. It looked 
For 2008, it looked fine. Some of the long sweeping shots over the trees and things and a lot of the scenery establishing shots look really, really good. I liked the intentional colour cast choice of the sort of the blues and the greys to make it quite a cold film. So Mm -hmm. they stylistically look very good, which of course belies one of the underlying features of an Ausploitation-y type film, which is, you know, done on a shoestring, looks quite terrible, two steps up from porn. Mm. But that's not necessarily a sign of this particular film being done well it's just that the barrier to making a good movie has become so affordable these days that you only need to drop a couple of mil to make only to make a really good quality film and the example that i wrote down was cloverfield because the people who made cloverfield had to go back and actually edit it down because when they bought an off-the-shelf camera it looked too good it looked far too professional because Mm. quality of everything is fine which then leads me to the big question can you truly have an osploitation movie in this day and age you can still have genre films that were well past the original classic era osploitation Mm. i don't think there's much to bear now i think it's now more an era that is looked to and homaged. Mm-hmm. I think there are Australian exploitation films that could still get made, but I don't mm-hmm. think that they're necessarily exploitation films put no. by yeah. dint of being Australian exploitation anymore. Yeah. yeah. Like, Red, what did I watch? Something in an interview with the people who made... I know how many runs you scored last summer. Yeah. <laughs> and they say, this is our exploitation film. This yeah. is our homage to exploitation. Mm. Yeah. Which means by this point, because that was like 2010... Mm. Osploitation is something people are aware of and can do deliberately, whereas it's more a retrospective, organically applied label to Mm. the classic era through the 1960s or 80s. Mm. Yeah. And that was actually when we were first sort of talking about recording this podcast, I was surprised when I first jumped on Wikipedia to see, well, what counts as exploitation, that there were exploitation movies after the 80s and 90s. Like, what do you mean there's this? And I mean, some of them are strange. Death in Brunswick is down as an exploitation really? movie. Yeah, right. yeah. But the um, Wikipedia article just pretty much as we've said peppers in yeah. Australian movies. Yes. And this is then the question that I've got. So if we view a modern exploitation film done with that awareness of the genre and awareness, of, not the genre of the, the type of genre of whatever movie they're making, but the exploitation as a whole, it's almost the equivalent of saying, is Quentin Tarantino, Robert Rodriguez's Grindhouse, genuinely a Grindhouse film? Because done with the sensibilities is not the same as being one and the artifacts that are done as a nod to the genre at the time things like the film skipping and the burnout and stuff they're all artificial they're all fake and there's not even the cinema scene anymore that has it so is an homage the same as being part of that thing can you you know you intentionally go out and make a an exploitation no no but that's what i'm saying so is there now really can you not have an exploitation i mean could you really make a proper exploitation can you make a movie now that would be genuinely considered exploitation? Possibly. I mean, one of the things is exploitation films weren't made as exploitation. No, exactly. Yeah. yeah. And almost by definition, if you're trying to do it, then it won't be the same. Exactly. exactly. So I don't know how much awareness of the genre the makers of this have. The genre I didn't get to watch the commentary this time, mm. but it does have some updated versions of the sort of thing that exploitation classic. Mm does have and I think in this case at least if for example this were made in 1975 and had all the equivalent things just as they were in 1975 rather than 2008 Mm. then we wouldn't 
wouldn't hesitate to say definitely and that's good because that was the thing as I said because the quality stuck out as being much better I was initially about to discard it purely off that but that's just simply the quality at the time was this is what you could do well they did have one terrible CGI in this oh god the axe falling on the boatman's head yes that was really bad it was like they superimposed a like $99 off sale sign at the top of the, the film. <laughs> oh, God, that's so I couldn't work was... out what had actually happened at the yeah. Yeah. iPad. I yes. was going more from the sound effect. Yeah. And um, then there was the orange blood. Yes. Oh, my God, that was crazy. So if you did it as an intentional homage, if you roll out the gate going, let's make an exploitation movie, I think you're right. You shoot yourself in your foot right from the start. Because, I mean, the thing about these Quentin Tarantino movies, The Grindhouse and also Hateful Eight, that are very intentionally done to that... That costs a fortune. I think the amount of money that Tarantino had to spend on getting that Panavision-style screen image now was vast because the equipment he used was almost antique. Mm -hmm. So that was a big question I had. However, as we were talking this one through, realising how dissatisfied we were with so much of the film, that to me then feeds into the one aspect which we seem to agree is a bit of a mainstay stalwart of being an exploitation. No, because we expected to be disappointed. I didn't expect to be disappointed <laughs> in the way I was. I expected to maybe be disappointed because of the quality of the film. No, I didn't even necessarily go into this expecting to be disappointed. I went into this expecting a slasher film, you know, expecting a Wolf Creek or expecting something else. Mm. And what I got was a really dissatisfying string of potentials that never went anywhere yeah so to a certain extent i feel that yeah my intentions may have been exploited there you go perfect as long as you don't do it on purpose which like i jokingly said you know it was almost like they had done it on purpose at one point oh let's take this thing and let's not put it anywhere and let's (laughs) take this thing and let's oh and let's have this for a few seconds and it won't mean anything yeah on the other hand i while i know that i know how many runs you scored last summer is a deliberate homage. It is a deliberate, not we're trying to make an exploitation film, it's no. we're trying to make homage near parody of exploitation yes. in the spirit thereof. Yes. And I, which I think minor but important difference. Yes. I think that as opposed to taking a checkbook of what was an exploitation movie, knowing that they existed and saying we're now going to make a cheapy horror film with sort of a sense of humour, if someone made bad taste today, in exactly the same way, I would class it as a Kiwi exploitation, New Zealand yeah. exploitation movie or something. Yeah, because even if you know that it exists, unless, as you say, you're intentionally trying to make it, what you're trying to do is make a genre film and being yeah. aware that they can be done on the cheap and with a bit of fun. Maybe that should be our Patreons. Well, Kiwi exploitations. Kiwi exploitations? <laughs> <laughs> that could be cool. Those films do exist. Oh, no, oh, I, of course. I, well, there was one I was going to put on our list, and that's covered us New Zealand, so... Uh, well, as we said before, we've come close with Next of Kin. Next of Kin. It's meant to be a New Zealand film. Yeah, my favourite sort of films we've done so far, in fact. Uh-huh. Ooh. I don't know whether I've actually gone to the point of having a favourite so far. I was really surprised again by Razorback when I rewatched it. So, hmm. Anyway. So, yeah, so I guess we can still have exploitation now. Accidentally. Yeah. <laughs> I think anything that comes out the gate with an intent... Because exploitation, it's not a genre like the genre of horror or like the genre of action or like the genre of adventure. It's a stamp that was stamped. It was a label. It was a label that, that was, was stamped, stamped on a particular type of film that had aspects and characteristics, which even we have said, you know, are very vague and not, you know, mm. canonical from one film to the next. Even a couple of our 
even though we're only on we're into episode eight now. We've even said that some of the ones we've looked at, the definition could be fluid. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And we've come close to saying a couple probably aren't. I yeah. still... BMX Bandits in my head doesn't still sit quite right as the concept of an exploitation mm. film. Even in the episode, we said this is the fringes of exploitation. Yeah, very much so. Well, same we with the adventures of Barry McKenzie. Yeah, no, that's a good point. Another thing I was going to say regarding exploitation and whether or not you can really have an exploitation in this day and age is sort of goes into slightly larger of can you have an exploitation movie, which is a film which promises maybe one thing and doesn't deliver. The one area where I'd say we still definitely have exploitation movies are the mockbusters which are the ones that are almost oh. intentionally designed for granny or grandpa who doesn't know very well to accidentally buy the wrong DVD on the shelf. We have exploitation in that financial sense. We still sadly have a lot where the subjects of the film are being exploited. Oh, yeah. Yes. Yeah, true. Yeah. And in that sense, this one with its naked, bloody, chopped-up woman yeah. was <clears throat> certainly there. Yeah, true. But I will say, as a site, if you'd get a chance to look at some mockbusters, there are some fantastic ones out there in the world. Can I have an example of a mockbuster? Uh, Transmorphers. To a certain extent, the... Sh- Atlantic Rim. Nice. Okay, radio. Yeah. Not so much Shark to Puss, because that was a standalone but, yeah. comedy one, but... Yeah, mockbusters are usually trying to echo another big film or property just a enough to catch your eyes or... As Callum says, confused a casual purchaser. Yeah. yeah, and if you do type in Mockbuster and you look online, there are some spectacular ones that are out there. So, yeah, oh, and I would say is. without a shadow of a doubt, in that general kind of feel of taking the, yeah, the audience or the consumer for as much as you possibly can. Yeah, there we go. Frozen Land. Uh, oh, is Lord, one, right. Which okay. basically seems to have Mulan... With some dogs and some people from Ice Age as well. Really? Not Frozen? No. No, not Frozen at all. Frozen's not right. there. Yes, Transmorphers is there. Kiara the Brave. Oh, I see. Yeah, yes. Mockbusters. Very good. And they've never lost money on a single film, have the makers of most of these. That's fabulous. Which... We said that it's all about making it for X and selling it for X plus Y. If you yeah. can find a way of doing that, you win. Unfortunately, the makers of Dying Breed probably didn't win. <laughs> so, yeah, okay, so we can grade this one as an exploitation. Would have been a shame if we got to, like, this point in the review and go, oh, no, we can't regret it. We can't regret it. Yeah, yeah. Sorry sorry for wasting all your time. We're just going to delete that. Two hours of blank. I wonder if this will happen. I wonder if we will hit a film. Because especially now that we're introducing the random element, if we will hit a film that we will come to the end of and go, you know what? Not exploitation. Yeah, probably. Well, especially because we're not really reviewing them before we review them. No, no, no. We're kind of talking them through while we're here and then making this kind of judgment call. Like, even though I knew kind of what this was about, I hadn't seen it before we came to do this. Mm. Yeah. And having seen it, I know less now what it was about. (laughs) (laughs) Actually, that's not true. I know what it's about. I'm just very disappointed. Shall we wrap this up? Yeah. Wrap up this one. So... Ooh, what did, I just almost gave it on the wrong scale. <laughs> I've been listening to podcasts are out of 10 and we're out of 5 and I just got derailed well, for a moment. I've also been listening to podcasts where they intentionally don't give a score and that makes me feel like, oh, have I done the wrong thing? No, we can do that. Yeah, well, but I'm happy to admit that at least mine, and I, you probably feel the same, the score is just wrong every week. Mm, so yes, I'm happy yes. to give one because it means nothing. Exploitation, where the film genre is unknown and the points don't matter. That's exactly right. <laughs> and... 
because I've been a reviewer for a while, even before this, because I used to review on another show and then in print and then in magazines and things, mm-hmm. I learned to go, oh. what did I think of this? So I thought this got X out of Y, right? Yeah. I'm, so yeah, if I think about two more hours, it really won't help anyone else. And you've actually mentioned <laughs> that before, when I agonise over a period of time and you go, man, I just didn't overthink this one. I just went, blah. Yeah, so I'm giving it two and a half people pies. Ooh. I'm giving it one, the Reddit stream, thanks, I hate it. <laughs> <laughs> I am prepared to go for one and a half boiling socks in a pot. (laughs) Yes. Anything else? I did note the one other thing that I forgot to mention, which is that they did auto-dialogue replacement, which is where they go back over the film and re-record certain lines and stuff. It was done by Warner Brothers. Well, yeah, yeah. All these weird little credits, including the fact that the junkyard dog is provided by an actual junkyard. Yes, Um, like Repco Auto Geos, Auto Geos or something. um, Carl Select Auto Parts. Yeah, Car of the junkyard dog. (laughs) Oh, take a peep at the feedback we've had. Besides getting some feedback, oh yes, you did get some feedback. There's a couple of comments from the Facebook page. Just some. We actually had these before. We didn't wrap in, but two about Fortress. Oh, Oh, yes. Cool. Uh, Lindsay James noted on Facebook page. Great film about the Faraday kidnappings. They did add in a few things that never happened, though. Yeah. Did talk about that. Yes. My great uncle was Robert Clyde Boland. He was a smash meat axe and a black sheep of the family. Ooh, oh, there you go. So Mad as a meat axe. Yeah. Wow, that's a great phrase. Oh, this is a terrible, terrible thing. I'm... Yeah. It's not my well, uncle. it's like Mad as a cut snake. Word for yes. It. Yes. No. And someone, someone else, probably responding to the. Graphic says, wasn't there the tiniest bit of naked flesh too, or was that my prepubescent self hoping? Oh, is this in Fortress? Yeah. Yeah, we actually did talk about the... When the they're swimming. Yeah. yeah, the swimming bit, there was near nudity, and that was actually, yeah, that moment of the notional awakening of one of the kids, realising mm. that the teacher is quite sexy. Yeah. Mm. So it could be that this respondent, Peter, hadn't rewatched it yet, but their mind had filled in that there was more than there actually was. But there wasn't very much, we actually did mention. A bit like people swear they've caught the frame of basic instinct where you can see everything oh okay i thought oh, you were yes. about to say on who framed roger rabbit where you can see everything i think there's something at the end of the credits in this there's like a frame or two that's got meat recipes no no two frames just as the credits start up there's a and it's sort of a sudden very orangey red thing and it's an eyeball in a meat pie or something like oh that. okay i was yeah. completely wrong then <laughs> yeah. But if they're putting whole eyeballs in there, they're going to give away the game much faster. Very true. I expected, mm. actually, before yeah, when they lifted the pot, it was going to go all Indiana Jones, you know, sweep the pot and two eyes. Because oh, I'm like, how can you tell this? That be, no, no, to make the soup far too salty. Mm-hmm. And they do that little pop. tribes that use all of the ingredients, so they're doing, oh, some, they're, they're doing something with Rebecca's sock. I don't yeah. know. Nose to tail eating, as they call it. Anyway. <laughs> and jumping forward to the Valentine special. Oh, Pat Gallagher commented on the Facebook hey. page, Ha! One of my uni lecturers back in the 80s is one of the producers of Felicity. Oh my god, that's wow. awesome! <laughs> Gosh! I, didn't, I enjoyed them, I didn't think they were terrible. Cool! Oh, cool. that's right, I, I half tied this one into my shared universe by design. Some of the recruits are probably what happened when the kids from Fortress grew up with that scarring oh. trait of removing hearts in them. And yes. they ended up, yeah. some ended up down in Tasmania where taking bodies apart and eating them is just a thing you do. Maybe oh. they became surgeons. Maybe that's where the policeman's gone after discovering the truth about what had happened in the... In the like, no, I go in to a smaller town. I'm going to go to a quiet country town in Tasmania where no craziness happens. <laughs> I realised if this shared universe ever had its equivalent of the Avengers, 
all the threads came together that a lot of the characters by the present day would be fairly old. Yes. Yes. So they've been in old folks' home. Ah, so that's where we'll go next of kin. <laughs> Love yeah. it. So we'll finish with next and, of kin. Oh, I'm loving this. Linda was really young, so she's probably still old enough oh, to be running it. Oh, God. <laughs> and well her offsider can be Alva Purple, daughter of Melvin's son of Alva. <laughs> You've done way you too much been. thinking about this one. I take really long showers. <laughs> Actually, the one other thing I will say is that although there are a few Australian actors in this that have got some pretty hefty resumes, none of what I would consider to be the mainstay. I mean, admittedly, part of it is that it's a much more recent film. But Ken Radley, one of the oldest ones, uh, sorry, Reg Evans, my apologies, he's actually not been in anything that we've seen, but he's very much an Australian character actor of much. Lee Wynall's done a lot. He'd already done Saw by this point. Yeah, he's done a lot of horror films. He He's in one about Chernobyl. Oh. A group of people pay to have a tour of Chernobyl and then discover that they are not alone. Of course they're not. I saw that. He's done a lot of things both behind and in front of camera. Yeah. He seems to have established this as a particular style of film he really, I don't know if he enjoys doing, but this is the film that he likes to do, these kind of sort of slightly lower budge, independent. In fact, he worked on Upgrade. Oh, Upgrade, yes. So we were kicking ourselves that Melanie Vallejo plays Rebecca, the first of them to die, really familiar to us, and we couldn't work out where. She was the wife, I believe, or the love interest in Did we cover this at the start of the conversation? Did we? In Upgrade? Did we mention Upgrade? I think we did. So. Oh. Because she was very familiar to us, and we couldn't work out exactly where. But mm. we, we got sidetracked because, to you two, she reminded you of someone, but to me, she reminded me of herself, and yes. that's where yeah. we went. That's right. We look what the next one might be. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. The tombola. What's the etymology of tombola? I don't know. I keep meaning to look it up because you keep asking. <laughs> I got money movers. Money, money movers. movers for our next one. What the hell money is movers. money movers? It's, it's very heistsome. That Ooh. sounds fantastic. Okay, I look forward to it. Next time you hear from us, we'll be talking about money movers. Money movers. Money movers. How good is that tombolo, girls? Which, by the way... Okay, I'm pressing this just to see what happens. ...was an Italian game, which was based around a raffle. And so oh. a tombola oh. is, uh, became... Now... Oh, are you trying to get in my pocket? Are you trying to steal my stuff? The cats are back with us. Oh. Dying breed. Dying breed. Yes. yes. And they're closed in. All right, so... I've been Daria. I'm still Callum. And I'm probably November. <laughs> Thanks for listening. Thank you. Thank you for listening to November, Callum and Daria on Podsploitation. Editing and production by Daria. Pretty much everything by Daria, to be honest. You can find the show on iTunes, Spotify or your podcatcher of choice. Contact us on Facebook, on Twitter as at Podsploitation or by email to podsploitation at gmail.com. If you would like to support the show, donations can be made at paypal.me slash podsploitation. Theme music, Creation Time by Kilo Cuts. Find and purchase their work at the usual three W's followed by a dot, then musicbrowse.de, that's M-U-S-I-K-B-R-A-U-S-E dot D-E. I'm not going to spell those two letters for you. All other material used is for review or illustration only. No claim or infringement is intended, and it means the copyright of the respective holders. No inbred thylacines were harmed during the making of this podcast. Yo, da, da, da. Uh.
which was actually, I mean, I kind of liked that. And I mean, that's another what thing the too. F- so where was that sentence going? 